I, I definitely thrive in that environment of like uh, trying to keep up. So it was really great for my progression, but I just, yeah, I did not fall in love with my first, <laughs> first try or first like peak to Creek, which is um, an amazing run from the very top of the mountain all the way down to the base. It's like the wow. most epic when it's um, the pow, a, a pow day. Dark Starts the Podcast is sponsored by Handout Gloves, the best thing since shoes got laces. Experience five-finger freedom with Handout Gloves patented zipper technology and enable yourself to get everything you need so you can do what you want. We're also supported by Powder King Mountain Resort in the Pine Pass, BC. Don't forget to bring your snorkel. Face shots are the norm. This show is supported by Koo Sports and their full line of snowboard and ski waxes and tools. Pro Standard in the Grill Mount, the most versatile GoPro mount on the market. Sands Meal Bars, the best tasting snack for all adventures without all the excess stuff you don't need. Be sure to visit our website at www.darkstarts.ca and go to our partners page to learn more. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 67 of Dark Starts, your backcountry splitboarding podcast. This time, we're talking with Taylor Godber, a humble soul on a lifelong pursuit towards a viable and balanced life, part of which includes exploring the mountains and eating clean. So time to crack open a cold one from Trench Brewery and listen to our talk with Taylor. Let's drop in with Taylor Godber. Thank you so much for finally coming on the show. It's been a bit of a workout to get us this all connected. You're not in Canada, so it makes things a little bit different. Where where are you based out of right now? Like, where are you spending your summer? Um, well, thanks for having me, guys. Um, I am in Puerto Escondido right now in Mexico. Enjoying the surf. Sounds nice. Enjoying the surf. Enjoying the surf in the sunshine. Gotta, <laughs> totally spoiled. I'm going to look that up on a map. Nice, nice. So you've been getting some days of riding in. I know we you had, uh, you know, when the surf is hot, the surf is hot. You got to get in, right? So I get it. Yeah. Sorry, I had to cancel last week, um, but thanks That's for okay. being understanding. All I know right. you guys are adventure seekers too, so you understand the. It's all good. Um, when the weather delivers, you gotta. Oh. You gotta get after it. <laughs> I, know, I know all about that, especially booking uh, professional snowboarders. Everything looks to go. Everything's good to go. Then now all of a sudden, it's like. They just ghosted, right? <laughs> <laughs> and then you check out what's going on in their area, and you're like, "Oh, they just got dumped." That's why. They oh, have, slightly flaky when you're married to nature. <laughs> yeah. it's like, gotta go to work. I'm like, it's all good, man. It's all good. It's it's a it's a lesson for us for first year podcasting. Actually, it's pretty crazy. We didn't even say this, but j- the last episode, um, you know, July sixth was our first year anniversary, one year anniversary. I think we're gonna do season two starting in September. Just kind of congratulations. Yeah, thanks. We're just kind of feeling things out. We went from like two a week to one a week, and then over the summer we went down to like one every other week, and then um, we're gonna ramp back up to weekly again over the winter, but or the fall. Yeah, it's been great. Lots of fun. Amazing. Meeting awesome people and companies, and yeah, listeners and wicked. So we had this funny story. I got to tell you this funny story. So I got we did the Mark Fawcett episode. Some guy randomly, I can't remember his name at this point. Unfortunately, if he's listening, he's going to be like, what? I'm like, anyways. So he uh, he said, tell Mark, whatever, whatever, father says hi. I'm like, okay, cool. So then he messages me like three weeks or, you know, month and a half later. He goes, hey, just letting you know, like you're getting listened to from around the world. 
uh, I just got my root canal. I just got a root canal done, and I was listening to your up your podcast. Made me get through the whole root canal by listening to your podcast uh, in the dentist oh my chair. Yeah. In the dentist chair, and now the dentist in Toronto knows who you guys are. And I'm like, cool, that's awesome. <laughs> so, that is an accomplishment you need to mark down. Oh, I took a screenshot of it. It's a like, tough go. Yeah, man. <laughs> no doubt. I was like, dude. Well, we know we're on the world. We're already in like I think 45 or 46 countries right now. Um, people listening. Amazing. In. Yeah, it's fucking awesome, man. And then people reach out and they all want merch and stuff. And like, I'm working on it. So we've got to find a good. Uh, you know, we don't want to distribute our merch from our house because that's a really painstaking uh, experience. But we found some dropship places. We'll be able to get stuff around the world. So, yeah, it's just a matter of time. And the beauty of um, internet connection and oh. uh, technology, that's like one of the oh, man. one of the wins for sure. Well, you know, <laughs> did you, you know what's so funny? I was watching, fucking, I know this is way off topic out of the game, but <laughs> my, son, my son and I were watching uh, The Benchwarmers, you know, the movie. Have you ever watched it? It's an Adam Sandler movie and there's a bunch of guys that, you know, they picked on as kids. And anyways, these three guys play baseball and, and against all these like kids that are mean to everybody. But the kids that are watching are like, you know, nerdy kids and whatever. And they're, they have this like here live from our, um, internet podcast. This is 2006. And I was like, why didn't I gleam onto that back then? <laughs> 2000 internet podcast and they had video live of the, the baseball game commentating in the podcast. So, uh, <clears throat> First time I think I got into a podcast was probably 2009, yeah. maybe somewhere around there. So but I think they were, they were they were very slim and far yeah. and few between at that time. And the first podcast I think I ever listened to was uh, the Dirtbag Diaries. Oh yeah, yeah. I, just, I was so late to the whole podcast thing. I feel like I'm just. I feel like I'm just getting into it now. But, uh, <laughs> That's yeah, all right. Yeah, there's only is, 70 million of us <laughs> out there right now for you to choose from. <laughs> Is there that many already? Oh, wow. Fuck, it's insane. It's insane. Yeah. But there's like, you know, the snowboarding uh, niche market is very, I think there's five of us um, and we all have our own little niche thing and it's kind of cool. I don't. Wicked. Yeah. I'm stoked. I, I listen to, you know, if I'm listening to new, one of our new guests coming on and they've already been on their podcast, man, I have no problem listening. I've been a big fan of F and Rad and the Snowboard Pod, the Snowboard Project. And I used to listen a lot to um, Airtime as well. Like, uh -huh. There's a good guest on. There's a good guest on. That's just how it goes for me. Oh, and Jody's such a great host too. <laughs> oh yeah, he does good interviews. Yeah, I do like his interviews. It, what I like about it is it's a perspective from a pro rider. You know, he's been uh -huh. in there. He knows them all as buddies, and yeah, it's good. It's a different perspective. It's awesome. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Totally. Yeah. So let's get into this. Let's talk a little bit more about you know Taylor and why. What's you know a little bit about snowboarding, and let's get into what you your love of pow. And backcountry. Well, a uh, time travel into colder times. <laughs> right? Just, just go into their Zen moment and remember the snow and cool and yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's definitely a happy place just being outside and being out in the mountains. I'm, I know that you guys completely understand and I'm sure that your guests are right on the same page too if they're listening. But yeah, I mean, I moved to Whistler for a year in 2006 and I mean, where are we at now? <laughs> what year is it? Yeah. 2021. Yeah. Um, I don't spend my summers there anymore, but like every year I go back for the winter. I, I love it so much. Yeah. The snowpack is definitely interesting there. I've, I have never been in the winter. I've only been to Whistler 
summer camps, 1998 and 2015, both with Camp of Champions, Mr. Oh, I miss, I miss that place. Uh, Ken's such a legend, like what an amazing human being and just like living the stoke and so many good memories from there. Speaking of Ken out of the gate, we must as well just do this now. Ken's got a a grill mount, a GoPro grill mount Uh you can put in your mouth, heat multiple tabs. We're going to send one out to you. Thank you. So the question is a black or a white one? Um, let's go black. Of course. Everybody goes black. <laughs> Do they? Yeah, they do. <laughs> Not so great when you drop it in the surf, but when you drop it in the snow. Fuck, you drop it in the ah. surf, you better have some little uh, float- floatable things involved there. Right. Some little air bubble going. Or- you know what? I've used one before and I just tied a string on my wetsuit. And I uh, kept thinking, yeah. like, it might hit me in the head when I fall, but I won't lose it at least. Uh, and then well, you can kind of, like, tuck it in the front pocket, too, when you're paddling back. And yeah, that's, well, that's what I say when you go riding. You stick it in your uh-huh. you know, your zipper pockets in the chest pocket, because most jackets now have at least one chest zipper pocket, that exposed one. You just stick it in there when you're doing, you know, sledding or whatever you're doing to get to your access. And then when you're about to drop in, you stick it in your mouth and you're good to go. <laughs> Yeah, what an innovator Ken is. Always up to something. I'm sure he you has need, um, you, you need to go a really to cool, oh, yeah. <laughs> really need, something coming up. You, you have to Ken go is listen. an epic, epic, epic dude. Yeah. Yeah. You have to really go listen is. to his episode because of how this was designed. His da- He gave his daughter one and she broke it and she's like, mm-hmm. oh, daddy, I'm so sorry I broke it. And he's like, no, no, that's what you're supposed to do. Like, that's when you have, you know, these testing ones to see how it works. And she's like, well, what if you made like rubber and we bite down on it? And he's like, you're definitely my kid because that was genius. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I actually saw them in the grocery store lineup and he was, um, he showed me like how his daughter is very aware and conscious of her impact on the planet. So oh, yeah. insisted that they had these reusable bags for their um, bulk items. And I just thought that was the best. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, it's funny. I, I've met his daughters, you know, when, my son went there and they were like, he was five. So I think they were seven. I think they're a little bit older than my son is. But yeah, there was a great dynamic. They got to live the life of, you know, the snowboard camp, meeting new kids all the time. And that just makes you a more mm-hmm. socially adapt person. You know, you're less uh-huh. afraid of everybody, right? It took me till my late 20s, late teens to break out of my fear of other people shell. And now I'm like, I'm that chatterbox guy at the, at the grocery store. I'll make a comment and we're chatting. And next thing you know, I made a good new friend. Right. <laughs> I don't exchange numbers yet, but <laughs> it doesn't work for picking the, up ladies, though. I don't, I, I'm, I'm always scared. If you're pretty, I'm like, oh, you got a boyfriend. I'll go talk to the guy over here instead. <laughs> I've heard the grocery store is a great way to meet somebody. <laughs> yeah. I unfortunately go to HelloFresh. I actually do the HelloFresh thing a lot now. So I just go oh, to. Maybe you need to change your plan. Well, Chad. I go there now to get a few, you know, snacks and fruit, but there you go. <laughs> Uh, what a topic but uh, anyway so yeah grocery stores and laundromats <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> I do laundry right here um, so yeah so you moved to Whistler in 2006 and then you got kind of you already had snowboarding background where did you come from originally um, I was actually born in Edmonton and my dad lives in Calgary so I lived there till I was five um, and then I moved with my mom to Tawasson a lot of people probably don't know where that is but I've it's where you take it. the f- yeah, it's the ferry terminal uh, well, if you want to go to the island, but not the Horseshoe Bay one. So like the one that's a little further away from the city. Um, it's like an hour and a half-ish drive to the local mountains. My parents are both not snow people. So um, I was introduced to it in probably like the fourth or fifth grade. They did a, uh, what's it called? A field trip 
to go. So I was introduced to it, but like by no means like hooked. Um, and then in high school, one of my best friends, he was hooked and he would go every other day and, Oh, I probably shouldn't say this, but, um, I would skip school every other day to go snowboarding. Join the club, dude. (laughs) (laughs) I still passed and graduated, but um, yeah, yeah, I totally started falling in love with it. And to be like completely honest, I I was having like a really hard time at school. I was getting really bullied and Mm. like my home life was like not really the most stable. So like just getting out in the mountains was like the best thing ever. Mm -hmm. Um, I really started finding solace in it at such a young age. And I don't think I had the conscious awareness of the impact it was having on my life, but, um, yeah. And then I moved there for a year also, um, by recommendation of him. I have so much to thank him for. He actually doesn't really snowboard that much anymore. Um, but yeah, he's the one who got me up there, went for a year. Um, my whole plan was either I was going to go back to school and become an orthopedic surgeon. Oh, damn. Or <laughs> just a totally different direction. Wow, sawbones. Um, yeah. Or, um, well, I, I just thought it would be really cool to help people get back into doing what they loved. Um, I've always had that desire to want to help people and help them be happy. And um, so, for whatever reason, that's what I chose. And then um, the other option was maybe do a little bit more traveling somewhere warmer after, but. I went that one winter and I was, yeah, just totally hooked. So that's how it all happened. I know know (laughs) all about it. I know all about it. Skipping school. My mom gave me uh, signing privileges at 18. I'm like, do you really, you trust me? (laughs) I'm like, that's nice though. Trust, trust important. Oh yeah. Yeah. At 18 I got, and of course, cause I was, I feel great too. But did you abuse it, Chad? Oh fuck yeah. (laughs) Okay. There we go. And my gym teacher, my gym teacher was like my morning class. Every day of my second semester, and he would be like, "Oh, so why did you miss Friday on Monday, right? Let me see the note." And he'd read it to the class. Chad did not feel good yesterday on Monday or Friday, and I always make up these fucking stories, and he would laugh Son at me. Chad, Son Chad, <laughs> and he would just shake his head at me, I'm like it's physical. I mean, dude. fuck off. <laughs> I wish, like back in the day, like I knew about all these other programs that they have for kids, like yeah. Where it's more like outdoor focus, like more art and outdoor. And I think I yep. just totally would have thrived in that yep. than like the sitting, the sitting stillness yep. of um, general education. Like, I don't know about you guys, but so I'm taking a Spanish lesson down here because we spend so much time here. I, I just feel rude that I can't communicate. It would be nice to communicate with people. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. um, and after an hour, I'm like, I don't think that I can absorb any more information. No. <laughs> No, it's crazy. It took me till like it literally took me till my forties to understand how I learn and how I retain things. It, mm-hmm. I had no clue. They didn't so, teach that. In so I'm kind of interested in that. Like, what the classes are you taking? Are they actual formal classes? Like, you're actually going to a classroom with a teacher who's teaching you Spanish? No, it's um, a friend of a friend. Uh, she comes to my house and we just sit for an hour and. Yep. <laughs> okay, good. So just, you're what's what's cool is that you're immersed in that yeah. in that uh culture, right? So you can you know, you get to practice a lot. Yeah. And just the power of like when you're really interested in something, how when you can you want to apply yourself and you choose that, whether it's like Spanish, snowboarding, like any type of education, how you can how you can absorb it. Oh yeah. I it's know. just so much different than I you're know. like, I don't really know why this I like I want to know if I can 
Dissect <laughs> like a the pig. mathematical, yeah. Dissecting mathematical a pig. equation for something. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I totally get it because I've take it's I'm my personality. I'm thinking I've said it a bunch of times in the past is that I get into something they're not the same way. I get into something I go full fledged. And that's what it's been like for me with, mm-hmm. with this podcast, with marketing, with all that stuff. It's like I just absorb it all right now because I want to. It's fun. I enjoy it. It's a new thing for me. So yeah, I, to- I, I totally get it. And I'm the ADHD guy on that sense. Like I'll I'll dive head head first deep into something uh for a long time and then something else something else shiny catches my eye. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? And then I'm like, totally. Oh, I love that. You know, no, like, I want to see it through the end. That's me. Right now I have this fascination <laughs> with watches and I can't get it out of my head. <laughs> Just, <laughs> Maybe there's like some, um, some message behind it. <laughs> I don't know. Time's weird, ticking yeah. away, Derek. Yeah. Time's <laughs> ticking away. Does time even exist? <laughs> yeah, okay. That's right. That's the life I want to live. I think, I think for me, it's more like time is fleeting, Darren. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Time yeah. to get your shit in gear. Yeah. Um. Cool. So, Whistler. Then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How did you get into um? So. Yeah, give us a little bit of a progression in that. Like, what was your first winter like in Whistler? Did you know many people there, or was it just like a? You know what? I um, I knew my one friend who had lived there. The same guy from high school. He lived there the year before, so there was that collection of friends that we were living with. And um, actually, Jody was my neighbor. He nice. was like one of my first friends when I moved to town, and um, I just felt really welcomed. So, like coming from a high school background of being severely bullied, I didn't I never really felt like I fit in. Mm. And I just arrived in this town, and everyone was kind of had that like. I don't want to say misfit vibe, but like in a sense, um, everyone was just so welcoming. And I think that definitely the community aspect like really drew me into, to want to stay. So that was a huge pull. Um, (laughs) when I think of my first year, I think of the first time I rode powder, Mm -hmm. which was a total mess. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Tell us about it. Cause my first time was the same, same hated it. I was like, I can't believe how much I love it now. Yeah. Yeah. I fell over and I was like almost in tears. I was like, I'm going to die. Like I'm never going to get up. Yeah. Just trying to keep up with all these people that had a lot more experience than I did. And, um, I, I definitely thrive in that environment of like, uh, trying to keep up. So it was really great for my progression, but I just, yeah, I did not <laughs> first, first try our first like peak to Creek, which is, um, an amazing run from the very top of the mountain all the way down to the base. It's like the wow. most epic when it's, um, the pow, a, a pow day. Uh, if you guys haven't experienced it, you'll definitely have to come visit. Um, it's a oh, leg yeah. burner, <laughs> but I don't even want to imagine how many hours it must have taken me to get down to the first wow, talk about jumping in feet first i mean yeah you jumped into it hard going power um, the first time but i'm but i'm super grateful and yeah. then once i got the swing of it and i think just watching these guys and and these girls just maneuver through the powder so effortlessly and just how they connected with the mountain and they're just jumping off these pillows and doing these airs and i was like wow like and knowing how much I was struggling, I was like, I want to know what that feels like. Mm-hmm. So it um, really like lit something in me to start doing it more. And then yeah, just this like obsession that it came with. Um, and everyone else had it too, where to be in a community of like-minded individuals that really revolve their whole lives around being in the outdoors, being in the mountains, that was like, 
I was like, oh, I belong here. Like, I need, I need to stay. Well, you and you were in the Mecca too. Yeah. I mean, right. So and that's I what, had no idea though. Too. <laughs> that's the funny thing is like I didn't grow up like looking up to certain professionals or oh, knowing okay. like you know what I mean. I yeah. didn't like know who was who or what was cool. I just knew that I really enjoyed like like the essence of snowboarding, of being in the mountains and moving with snow. And I like, I just didn't even know that like a career was possible. I, I looked around and I was like, all oh, these people are getting free stuff. Right. And I was like, that stuff's really expensive. I was yeah. like, I can do, I can do that. Like I can do what they're doing. Yeah, and then okay. it just, I just kind of like a trial and error and like, don't get me wrong. I've like within my career, I've made some great decisions and some poor decisions with a lack of education around that. Yeah. <laughs> I've learned a lot, but, um, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's good to be able to gleam onto some friends <clears throat> that you acquire. Be like, hey, so what's really going on? Like, what should I do? What's happening here? And how are you getting this? And that's the key to, you know, I was the same way. I When I went from like working for Coosport, getting everything for free, you know, I go to a resort. They're like, oh, yeah, there's tickets here for you for free. And then I when I quit working there, I'm like, I got to pay for all this stuff? <laughs> I'm like, holy shit. Like, I'm taking like, I took a 10, eight year hiatus. I'm like, I can't ride for like. I can't pay for this stuff. This is nuts. But yeah, I was supposed to leave. I was supposed to go to to fuck to Whistler back in like the nineties and do all that, and I never did. And so, oh, that must have been the time though to be there then. Oh, <laughs> well, you know what's crazy is when we went to Camp of Champions. Ken hooked us up. I've said this many times on the show, but we actually had like. Blue Montgomery was our coach. I used to get up in the morning, go to the second cup at Base Lodge in uh, at Whistler, and we'd take the chair, we'd get our coffees, me and Blue, and we'd go up the mountain, have a big old chat, you know, me, Blue, and Brian Mills, buddy of mine. Yeah, it was, it was fucking awesome. And um, Oh, man, Camp of Champs was the best. Yeah. Just like literally like the stove, just everything yeah. that he made out of that, like oh, so I, many good memories and... I know people need to go listen to his episode. It, it, he's got this fire in his belly and he's about to bring, get out a book about it. Cause it's all about camp of champions. And that was his life for like 20 years plus. Right. So 28, 28 years. So that was awesome. But yeah, it, it really helped me and it was great. We had a great time and, and it was funny. I was, I was mountain biking with my mountain bike, well, shitty mountain bike, front shocks only in Whistler in 1998. And there was nobody else doing it. There was no trails. It was nothing. And then here we are, 20-something years later, and I don't have a bike, and everybody else is killing it. <laughs> I never picked up the mountain biking because I just knew that I would definitely get broke off. <laughs> oh, that's, that's not, my question. Like, I, I love don't get going, me wrong. Go ahead. No, yeah, no. sorry. Like, I, I'm the same. I love going fast on bikes, and uh, downhill is a blast. But, um, but yeah, it's just that fear of like oh. losing control and crashing into a tree and breaking a collar. Like that's so common, right? So oh. many people break collarbones. I've broken both already. You know, and, and I just feel like uh, <laughs> when I when I break something at, at, at my decade of life right now, that that's going to be a big issue. Yeah. So. I broke yeah, my our bodies definitely like heal a little differently as, oh, we, yeah. as we get a little older. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. Yeah. So, yeah, you're in the mech of it. You're getting some sponsorship going on, like at least some flow of something happening so that's yeah cool. my the first one actually of of all places i had um one sponsor approach me and i was um working at earl's five nights a week and then i was uh, working at one of the local bars garfinkel's the other two nights i actually don't know how i did it i, I couldn't do that now uh, riding all day and working and then somehow partying in between right and, um <laughs> I don't <get> it. <laughs> 
I, I had a sponsor approach me and then they saw me working at the bar and they were like, oh, you know, I don't know if, if you'd be a good fit because how are you going to get up in the morning? You're in the scene. Da, 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 da. Oh. And I was like, I was so distraught because I yeah. just, they had no idea kind of like my lifestyle and I was pretty upset about it. And then uh, a couple of weeks later, while I was working, I had someone else approach me while I, while I was bartending. And they're like, Hey, would you like to have a chat about potentially riding for us? And I was like, yes, 100%. <laughs> well, <laughs> they just understood it. They're yeah. like, you need to pay your bills. Like, Well, there's that, is- but you're being seen by hundreds of people, tourists. If you're wearing their merch while you're bartending, that's subliminal messaging right there. I never thought about it that way. Well, that's how my, I mean, I've actually brought my son, my son's awareness to like, to like, I brought my son's awareness. Even like, if you look at like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle commercial or videos or movies, whatever, or any videos, it's like Pizza Hut, it's Pepsi, it's, you know, Bud Light, like it's everywhere. It, people don't even mm-hmm. realize it's happening. We, mm-hmm. we, we do it too in the show. Just. well the show show has bills too and you guys do too so i mean money money is energy it's not all bad no i think it's just if if we're just doing things for money then it becomes Mm -hmm. a little different Mm -hmm. let's let's rather people picked up on that though for you for sponsorship that you know being the bartender and that you you're living the life that's the lifestyle like why he's like unless you want to pay me like you know 70 grand a year i'll sure i'll quit my job but yeah, don't get me wrong. I mean, like that, those jobs served a great purpose. Yeah. And allowed me, because I was told when I asked, I'm like, what's the best job? Where, where, where should I work? And they're like, get a night job. Don't work for the mountain, because then you can ride all day. You can work at yes, night. Yeah. That'll be your like optimal, your timing. And yep. even the bar gig, I would like go home after riding, sleep, get up at 9 30, yep. go work from like 10 to like 2 30, go home, go back to bed. Yeah. And, so, and you're making um, good tax free money, right? Yeah. 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 Before, um, before the COVID times, and it was a really great job and lots of flexibility, um, yeah. amazing people that I worked with. Um, it definitely did have a, an expiry date though. For yeah, sure. it does. <laughs> but you know, the thing as well is, you know, the weekends are the best time because weekends are busy. Tourists mm-hmm. come into town, you make good tips. You don't want to be out there. And well, at least not on the resort when all the tourists are in town. Um, so yeah, I get it. It's good. Yeah, I don't. I don't do that anymore, though. But um, but yeah, it it served a great purpose for mm. a while. Oh, for sure, for sure, <laughs> for sure. So when did you? When would? When did? So you pal riding, and then you decided to like what piqued your interest in getting into the backcountry? Um, you know what? I had a couple friends invite me out, um, and I remember just like being out there and seeing like that sea of you know the the vantage point of seeing like a sea of peaks. Mm. Um, that was a really special moment. And then, um, I actually had another moment that comes up is, uh, I was getting hurt a lot. I was, um, I had a team manager say to me, if you want to make this, if you want longevity within your career, you need to find or make an adjustment. So you're not getting injured all the time because Mm, I was just like dislocating elbow after elbow, like, multiple concussions and I was riding the park a lot. I mean, oh, I didn't really know. Sorry to hear that. That's rough. It's like, I mean, it, it <laughs> kind of comes with serious. the, yeah. yeah. Um, even the concussion stuff is like still yeah. like an ongoing, oh, yeah. an ongoing thing. Yep. Um, I feel like they're just starting to like really like they're on the tip of the iceberg of like, um, how that impacts you long term and just how we really got to take care of our brains. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he said that to me and I was like, it, 
yeah, for whatever reason, I, I really, really did take his advice to heart. I really respected him. And, um, one of his friends was selling a snowmobile, it's like super old, like 98, 583, like blue, like box. (laughs) 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 It's so heavy, but it was awesome. Um, so I bought that from him for, I think like maybe $500, um, or maybe a thousand bucks. And I, then when I started getting out there, I was like, this is where I want to be. Like any day there was like a sunny pow day. That's where I wanted to be. I didn't want to be in the park. I was just getting hurt all the time. I'm, I mean, maybe it was because I didn't have like the appropriate training when I was little of like how to do things. And I definitely have like a, a full throttle type approach to life, which doesn't really go well. Um, I know all about it. I've learned, (laughs) I've learned how to, (laughs) I've learned how to balance that and make better decisions, but it, it really wasn't working for me in the park. So. Yeah, started sledding a little bit and then bought another sled. And um, I spend most of my time in the backcountry snowmobiling. Um, I do always have a splitboard with me as well. And uh, don't worry, I'm not just going to talk about sledding on your splitboard podcast. No, 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 that's all part of it. Um, yeah, I mean, they all, they all have their purpose. And mm-hmm. yeah, so then I started sledding a lot more. And um, that came with its own set of challenges, just finding crews to go out with and um, yeah, really just starting from the bottom and learning and it, and it takes years and years and years to figure out how to ride those machines properly in big mountains. And, well, especially um, those older ones versus now, like it's a uh-huh. way different animal. <laughs> it totally is. And I'm grateful that I did learn on, on an older one. Yeah, I um, wish I did. But the new ones, the new ones are incredible. Sometimes it feels like you're cheating when you stop somewhere. You're like, wait, I'm not stuck. <laughs> <laughs> that's um, my biggest issue. See, I, I see all these videos. I like, I follow Leanne Pelosi. That's who she connected me to you. And oh, I, Leanne's great. Yeah. Uh, we'll have her on, I think, in the fall here. But, awesome. Uh, but it's like, I watch their videos and they're just like stuck again. I'm like, man, I don't, that's not, that's not like fun getting all sweaty. And, <laughs> like I want to go riding. You know like, I get it. You know, what's crazy though is like, I never thought I would say this, but in the last few years, like I really enjoy snowmobiling. Like you have to learn. It's like a life lesson of learning how to embrace the stuck because you're going to get stuck. And mm-hmm. it's one of those things, you know, whatever they say, like you're not, if you're not falling, you're not trying hard enough. Yep. It's kind of like that with snowmobiling when you're like punching these new trails and like, going to places maybe that some people have never been and um, you're going to get stuck. Yeah. Just like in life, it's going to happen. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> and you got to laugh it off. Cause let me tell you, if you don't, it's oh, like, yeah. you, you always have that choice when shit kind of goes sideways. Yeah. Um, but it's so fun. And like the places that we access and, and the riding that we do do makes it so worth it. Even if it might be, you know, two days to put in the trail to then get to this, like, one line that you found on Google earth and like get to ride it is like, yeah. So it's worth every little bit. What are you using? What are you using for a, um, uh, mapping system right now? Um, lots of Google earth. We call it flying. Okay. (laughs) Like Uh, last night I went flying and I found this. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Well, we, the show has a sponsor called Onyx and we, they're giving us, uh, the ability to give away, uh, maps so we're going to give you a year subscription map system 
for wow, your, thank for your you. Phone. You guys are so generous. I feel like I'm just receiving all these gifts. <laughs> oh, we're not we're not done yet, but that's okay. We're just sharing the love. We're sharing the love. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah, I uh, haven't um I haven't tried it yet, so I look forward to checking it out. Yeah, I'll get you that subscription set up. We're also offering them to uh, four get four listeners as well at the same time, so they'll be available Amazing. on the website to go to and enter to win, and uh, we'll choose four listeners every single episode. Great. Yeah, for a year. Yeah, and we also we, we've been we've been working with Somewhere Labs as a device, like a Garmin Reach. I shouldn't be saying that name because it's a competition, but just to be familiar, isn't it not though, Darren? Yes, yeah. I'm oh, just yeah. being Chad. I fuck. I'll say whatever comes out of my mouth. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're working with them as well. They they work well with Onyx as well, and it's a layer for the mapping, and it helps with. Uh, but but the Somewhere Lab is really good for tracking. It leaves breadcrumbs and use their system to connect and you can it's a satellite system. So you can use your cell phone to call to text message. And there's an SOS button on the, on the, the device as well. Uh, these are all, everything is available through our website. Go to darkstars.ca partners area. Everybody's got a profile and you can, people can go in there and purchase and take advantage of some discounts. Very cool. Yeah. Having like a, a like a spot or I, I take a Garmin and reach with me yeah, see? The, like the ability to check in and like yeah. you know let people know like if you're going to be late and yeah. have the ability to hit the SOS if things go sideways I guess yeah. as long as people know how to use them too though because then there's no point in having it in your bag no. if you don't know how to work it no, no, <laughs> true true <laughs> we're still learning our little device here we haven't had a chance to get out and even hike with it it's just been the weather has been so weird too hot too hot around here lately Mm-hmm. It's like the desert. It feels like here. Go outside. Sometimes the, the, grass, <laughs> the grass, the grass is crispy, and you're like, ugh. But so, anyways, yeah. So Onyx will set you up with a, a mapping system. You just download the app, and we'll give you a one year subscription for free. So you'll thanks, have, guys. You can move up from the Google Earth something a little, a little bit different. Oh no, the, the flying Google sounds like just, fun though. You still got to scope. Yeah, yeah, yeah you, you still, still got to scope. scope it out. Oh and, yeah. And yeah, yeah, plan your route and. Yeah, we use um, fat maps too. That works great. Nice, nice. Mm-hmm. Well, let's see. Hopefully, you can be uh, uh, enjoy the Onyx instead. Let's see. There yeah, always down to try something new. Yeah, of course. That's why we we brought them on board to kind of work with them. They're not big in Canada yet, so we're gonna help them out Canadian wise, and they're already big in the U.S. So, yeah. So cool. So you do a lot of research that way. That's how you do your pre planning, so you don't have to worry about. Uh, it'd be nice to have a drone with like a. 30 mile range right like the u.s government <laughs> you know has. what Fuck. man the drones have been like especially this year we were riding a couple of zones that uh the entries were pretty corniced in and that was like one of the best tools ever yeah, i bet was like having the being able to be guided in by the drone because it could just be like by a few feet where like where you were going to go wasn't supported and from the back you can't see over that just as like a rolling con- <clears throat> excuse me like a rolling convex yep um and anyone listening, I'm sure knows that cornices are not something that you want to mess with. So, mm-hmm. um, but sometimes the lines that we want to get into will have a supported area. So those drones were like, otherwise you got to rope in and then, yeah. you know, shimmy your way in there. And it just takes a lot of time. And when those lines get light on them, you don't want to be hanging out on um, where there's like sun exposure for too long. No, definitely not. Depending on uh, the avalanche conditions. So you don't want to be like in and out quick. So absolutely. Drones, safety feature. (laughs) I I never thought about that. I I was just going to say, I never thought about using them as a tool that way, but uh, totally. I can see how you can, uh, yeah, you get to a zone, you park, and then you pop out the drone and 
and you use it to scout out where you want to go. And man, that's ideal because you get, you get so up close and on the other side of exactly where you are to get a good look at it. And nowadays, yeah. nowadays they're not like they're not much bigger. Well, okay, they're bigger than your phone, but they're like you know maybe ten inch, eight to ten inches long. Well, they're smaller, lighter weight. Totally. That's for sure. Right? You don't need to carry too too much. But like yeah. before, you needed a big box because you got this case, mm-hmm. Pelican case for these monsters. I remember it was funny. I know I'm going to bring today's the Ken Ockenbach day, but when <laughs> <laughs> the drones were just starting to do. Um, they're starting to do these like follow along. So somebody mm-hmm. somebody brought them to Camp of Champions, and they're like, "Okay, wear this wristband, and the drone's going to chase you down." and and the guy was with the, you know, piling it down and it, it was just as like 2015, they were just starting to get that stuff going on and it was, it wasn't very accurate, but they were trying it out. So they were big drones where nowadays that thing will follow you and it's tiny. You set your depth and what you want it to do for a pattern and circle you or whatever to follow you. So it's pretty awesome. I never thought about having it for that reason. I think someone and has the- mentioned it before, but I don't really, we didn't really gleam onto it like we just did with you. Oh, and the shots that are produced from it are just breathtaking yeah i mean it's like having a, a tiny helicopter <laughs> yeah and it's now the stuff is now you're not waiting like oh i gotta go home and produce this and have a look at it later it's just like boom you can watch it on your phone or whatever device you've got to view it through just think about all the sporting events now that used to use helicopters and yeah. now they're using drones right it's, it's and, going on yeah yeah well they went they went for a while in those wires the wire like the drone yeah, yeah, yeah. wire well they're still doing that yeah right? it's but, sta- more stable but cool all right well i don't want to take you too off track you're, you're on a roll <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so accessing and seeing your stuff with a drone and then you know what are some of the things you do to, like what do you do to mitigate mitigate any risks uh, or uh, awareness of what's going on in the, in the backcountry especially because you're, you're approaching via sled first so what's did you take a course on sledding like a sledding avalanche course as well oh, no just the um no <laughs> that's a, no that's okay you're not gonna I get laugh, i laugh because i um i just think of like how much a, a long struggle it was to get to where I'm at now and I'm, yeah. I still get stuck. Like I'm by no means like an expert. Oh no. Um, it oh. was just like uh, quite the process to, to learn. It's a, a funny learning curve. Um, no, but I, I have taken my AST one, my AST two nice. um, and um, my wilderness first responder. Yeah. Those are more so to, those yeah, are just important. really important to get, to get educated. Um, I would like to take some more courses too next next season as everything approaches and mm-hmm. yeah just getting every year we try to do like our own little refreshers on on what we're doing and just really good communication between the crew like I'm super duper grateful and lucky it took me a while to find the crew that I usually go out with now or a few crews and everyone's just really on it yeah. you know what I mean like on it of like any whispers that nature might be saying and and um, that's more out in the field, but I guess leading up to it, um, the education piece, just, you know, learning and being able to use your beacon and probe appropriately, um, keeping an eye on the weather and weather patterns. For the most part, with the exception of last year, the snowpack in BC is usually pretty solid because we have those coastal storms, which is amazing and makes it a really great place for good mountain riding. Um, last year it was a little upside down for quite a while, which was, um, pretty devastating and and gnarly last year. Um, yeah. (laughs) So I guess from, I guess the question I've got is, is when did you really realize that you're like, okay, this is getting more serious. Like you got your sled back in, oh, I don't know, it was in the early 2000s or late 2000s. 
when did you be like realize like okay i need to get a course i need to make sure because this is real like i know you're saying everybody's on it and i think for a while for many many years like 20 plus years when whistler became the big thing no one really thought about oh, the hill's the hill like it's gonna be it's like your, your mindset is set on resort safety right and you go to the back country you still think it's like the resort safety you, you, people have made those comments and you can see that in the resort in the uh a lot of the uh ride filming filmings and videos of the past but now it's become like everybody's super aware and way more you know because of, they've lost friends you know it, unfortunately tragedy tragedy creates awareness right so that's kind of mm -hmm. you know when did it become for, to you like i know you took your courses but when was like uh the aha moment like shit i probably should get some education on what's going on underneath my feet right now or on my track or as you're moving through the backcountry? The people that I started going out, I'm, I mean, I'm really lucky they had that awareness beforehand. So there was rules like people, we wouldn't go out with people that didn't at least have their AST one. It was just like, you have to have it mm -hmm. like straight up, which was really nice. Um, I might be a, a generation just behind the ones that were a little bit more loose. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I mean, right now it's cool. It's like really trending for people to get more educated and it's awesome. Yes. Like, it's, it's amazing. Um, my only caveat with it is it's giving people a lot of, um, a false sense of security feeling like I took this course <laughs> yeah. and I know all these things, yeah. but it's like, yeah, there's a lot of people that have spent so much time in the mountains that have never taken a course that have that knowledge yes. you know what i mean there's yeah. like a balance between like knowledge in the field and then knowledge in a classroom correct and i think that finding like um yeah i really feel that finding a balance between the two is like the most important and the only way to get stuff in the field is to experience it out there and um it can be it's i mean it's amazing like there's a reason why we do it but it can be extremely devastating i mean we lose so many people um i hate to say that so many Oof. Um, yeah. too many people, yeah, too many, too, we lose too many people, too many um, people. lost one of like my best friends in the mountain this year oh, during sorry, that, like, sorry to hear that. um, thanks. Um, and even like, I almost want to just mention it is because as soon as that happened, it was like, why did that happen? Like we weren't there, but like, how could we prevent it? And immediately I was like, I need to learn more. Like, yeah. and then there's been quite a few people in recent years that have like, I mean, they're guides and accidents happen. And, um, when we put ourselves out in that, in those risks, it's just like, we always have to have that in, in the back of our heads. We're never like putting ourselves out on the limb of like, it's not reckless behavior out there. It's like, and I think that gets overlooked. It's like incredibly calculated mm -hmm. and the conversations that are being had on the radios and like if people are seeing something that they don't feel good. And also just like really tapping into your intuition, like, really being like if you i'm sure on your podcast that you've had people that have talked about things happening or even outside of the mountains someone always had that feeling of unease before something happened mm -hmm. it usually doesn't just like happen oh like you know a spidey I mean? sense yeah yeah it's uh, yeah yeah your frequency so, you're resonating with the earth with the mountains what's going on and being because you're in it Totally. And like with that too, I don't think you can just rely on that either. No, <laughs> you know, no. you got to do your homework. Yeah. You got to watch the weather. Um, I use like a, a bunch of different websites. I really like uh, spot WX. Have you guys heard of that one? No. Write that um, down. So it's actually like a really nice collection of different forecasts and models. And it gives you a chance to check out different ones. And then you can kind of, some of them are um, three days, some of them are 14 days, some of them are 10 day. Um, and then you can compare 
what you feel might be most accurate and it actually lets you like put a spot of where it is kind of like windy that's another great app crazy um, cool that we use for for weather so like doing your homework that way um observing what's happening and what has been happening yeah. in your area and, and if you're going somewhere new then speaking to someone who has been there absolutely yeah and then just like always trying to mitigate risk like as much as we can <laughs> yeah well that's all you can do you need to stop once in a while and feel the snow and as as um don schwartz says in his his, his episode with us he says you got to go out and taste the snow feel the uh-huh. different, feel the different layers and see what's going on as you're i mean up. the wild thing though about so my partner is a, a professional surfer and very uh educated and like obsessed with like the ocean and ocean safety and everything about waves and water and I learn a lot from him and as he's learning a lot from me in the mountains I'm realizing you know the mountains <laughs> the mountains are a lot harder to read because yeah. we can't see what's underneath there mm-hmm. so if you go and dig a pit I'm not trying to scare anybody I you know oh no no, <laughs> yeah, no, no. it's not Everybody all under- out there <laughs> yeah I think most people listening to this uh, understand no we're all um you dig a pit one place and then you for like a certain aspect and then you dig a pit, you know, you ride a part of the mountain that you think is exactly the same. It, you don't know exactly what's underneath there that could make an instability. So, um, versus like the ocean, you can sit and watch it. You might have that like random rogue set, yeah. but for the most part, you know, like how many waves per set kind of where they're breaking, like they call it the bathymetry of the ocean. So that's kind of like the contour of the, of the ocean changes. If it's like, um, a sand bottom versus like the rocks or right. a reef. Right. But, but the snow, like we, we don't have that technology no. yet and we can't test all those layers. So, um, yeah, I think, um, I think at the same time though, that's kind of like one of the allures of it. It's like making in a way the best decision that you possibly can. And then stepping into this place of like trusting that you have made the best decision. Do you know what I mean? 100%. Well, and the thing with the, the ocean, like I don't know much. I'd have, I've just watched a lot of uh, Vulcan, uh, the Volcom, you know, surf contests in Hawaii and stuff. And knowing that every time the, the snow, the, the ocean is, is um, cyclical, just like, you know, wind, like for us, we get our summer, winter, fall. The ocean is the same thing. The bigger, you know, the big waves come in at certain times of the year because the tide's different. So there's a lot of more predictable things because people have been surfing for a long time and, and, you know, calculating, videoing it, recording it, watching it and documenting it. So, yeah, it's definitely a different animal, but it is similar. Totally. Yeah, very similar. And like just the joy that you get from being out in the ocean is so similar to the joy of being out in the mountains and um, connecting with nature on like such like a, like a deep, it's like a spiritual experience, yeah. you know? It's oh, like, yeah. I get it. I haven't never rode the waves yet, but like I said, I've obsessively watched a lot of, uh, <laughs> a lot of surfers. Uh, yeah. But you floated on powder and I feel like it's, Oh dude, just you know, another state like, of water. <laughs> oh, only thing, like that's why this, yeah. this podcast keeps me stoked. It's like every, I just want to, it's, I'm, I'm a fucking junkie. I got six snowboards in my dining room area. Darren just came to the house today. He's like, did you want a coffee, t- like a dining room table? I'm like, well, I got a snowboard <laughs> vice 
table going on from Coosport. Uh, I got a board on there with a split board, uh, the elevated um, elevated surfcraft. It's his dining there. table. It's my dining table. It just sits there. It's like a showpiece. I got bindings out. I got a bag out. So yeah, it's I live in it. Like I'm, you know, it's like having your surfboards outside. Well, let's. So I got a bunch of snowboards in my living room in my kitchen area. <laughs> oh, and how nice is it to have something to be passionate about? Like I hear a lot of people say they don't really know what they like doing. I'm like, oh man. Oh. We're so lucky. We have these things that we have connected with and we love and like get us outside. And like, I even think of like being younger and like partying a little too much and being like, mm-hmm. when I started riding big mountains, I was like, no, there's no space for that. Like, yeah. I don't want to be hungover. I want to wake up at the crack of dawn or in the dark, a dark start. Yeah, no, but you know, just like, why, why would you want to, you don't want to compromise like your um, your ability to concentrate and be present, and focus, and get as many runs in as possible. And um, yeah, I feel like it keeps well, people out of trouble too. Yeah, you know? well, right. it's, it's a big ex- it's a big expense. Like you're paying a lot of money, whether you've got a sled or no sled, or whether you are uh, just slipboard gear alone that you're paying for. Like it's absolutely right. And, and like, why fuck it up by being super hungover because you had you know an extra bottle of tequila that day, uh, that night. It's just never, it's really never worth it. (laughs) No, 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 it's not. not. The days are gone. I think where you, people are riding, parting their faces off, getting up the next morning and then doing competitions. Like the competition world is like, holy fuck now. Like these guys are serious. Uh huh. And they're training. They've got like the mental coaches, like they're doing all the things. I was watching, you know, Max Perot, He's, you know, I think he's underrated as hell. The guy fucking, he's amazing. And he's out dry land training right now, like mm-hmm. into the airbags. And of course, you know, the whole thing is, oh, the stigma, you know, you're taking your airbags instead of doing the real thing. But the brain doesn't know the difference between the real thing and simulation. So just Absolutely. Tr- keep training it. That way you'll stick these new things. And the game has become so crazy now. You think about, you watch contests, you're like, what did he just do? Like, <laughs> what the f- fuck like even the knuckle huck i'm like what <laughs> yeah the progression is like yeah. really skyrocketed yeah. um yeah everyone's really taking their health seriously yeah which is good yeah and, uh-huh. and i have you know mark morris has been a huge you know a young man he's he's huge i just can't believe how he's recovered and come back recovered and come back mm-hmm. smashed himself up comes back he just shows a true champion in his love for the sport and how you know he just doesn't give up that's awesome so good to see. Yeah, but truly passionate about what he does. And it's always always nice to see. It's this, great seeing people light up and like know what they love to do. Yeah, and it's the Saskatchewan best. boy. And him and his brother have really come yeah. through the you know, they're they're great influences on the in, in the industry. It's fantastic to uh-huh. see. Like Craig is a fucking riot. I can't wait to get him on the show. Like once he starts looking at <laughs> like they could teach me a thing or ten about like doing this. Uh, and I'm always up to learning. So cool. Well, let's um let's take a little bit about your Maybe um, your gear. What's gear? your I was gonna, what's been your gear progression since you I got was, into it? I was going to ask about story for Jones, like how that because I think we need to. I think we need to dig in a little bit more. How did you actually get your sponsors? You know, what was kind of the was there is there a story to that? Like sometimes there's some pretty cool stories of how people connect you to each other. I mean, my my one that was like the most off the cusp was probably the bar one, but then um, I think just kind of just right place right time i think it's a lot of a lot for that i wish yeah. i could give like that's okay um, whatever i wish i could give um some sort of equation to help people out with that but um yeah 
I don't have any. I'm sorry, I don't have any really exciting. Because like the, <laughs> I'm D, the for that. the DC the DCP story <laughs> about him and Romaine decided to do um, yes was pretty bad. Uh-huh. That's, yeah, that's a great story. Yeah, we, we have it on our. We did an episode with him, and it's uh, he talks. About awesome. It. Yeah, it's really good. It's really good. So you yeah, write, he's a, he's an amazing guy. Oh yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. I have, and his wife. You had his wife on too, right? Yeah, we've had both on. I'm awesome. I'm looking to take this to the next level and have the couple on and in fate person. And oh, sick! Because yeah, I was like a little schoolgirl, like super stoked to be on the on the, on the horn with DCP. It was just like this is yeah. happening right now. Wow, they're such a power couple too. <laughs> yeah, they are. So tell us a little bit about like so who you're writing. What's your board right now? Board manufacturer um, you're writing with? Right now, I'm writing with Jones. Okay, um, which is, I mean, I just really love everything that they embody. Yeah. Well, as a, as a company, you know what I mean? Oh yeah, I do. Um, from everything from, they're just so passionate about adventure and supporting that. And they make literally, in my opinion, at the moment, the best products in terms of split boards. And, um, and they're also incredibly environmentally conscious in everything that they do. Yeah. So using sustainable materials whenever possible. And I've really learned that like being behind brands that you, really truly believe in their ethos is so important absolutely um, well what better spokesperson can you have as a boss spokesperson boss all at one for <laughs> for split boarding in the backcountry than jeremy like he's lived oh 100 like, yeah i can't wait to get him on the show at some point here to talk uh, i think we're kind of nervous a little bit but in waiting oh don't be nervous he's just like such a nice guy and so inspiring and everything that he's done for the sport and the environmental movement um, for outdoor enthusiasts, it's really great. Like him creating POW yeah. and, um, just his involvement and everything. Yeah. Uh, super inspiring. I don't know how he does it all. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I know this is one of his podcasts that was like kind of off the cuff one. It's not a really, I don't think even the guy even has a podcast anymore, but he was talking about how they were changing manufacturers and he didn't realize the impact his snowboards had on that in like on that city like little small town where the manufacturing facility mm-hmm. was and he's like when i actually got to the floor and talked to, you know hard to talk to the people but you know kind of seeing what lives he's affecting and the people in that community and how they really enjoy, you know wanted that manufacturer to be there but the manufacturer wouldn't advance to i think a 3d technology or something was going on with the technology he didn't want to invest and Jeremy was like, man, this is like heartbreaking that I got to leave because this community relies on uh-huh. this, our snowboards and our manufacturing. Like, so that was kind of cool well, to see him expose that. Right. Yeah. Just for him to even contemplate that. I yeah. think there's like such a disconnect between yeah. our lands and ourselves. Just the same as a disconnect of like what, what we eat, you know, there's, oh. we forgot about like the process and oh. everyone that gets impacted along the way. And, um, I just yeah. got, I just got a I just listened to a podcast from uh, the School of Greatness and he talks about he, he goes to um, Lewis Howe talks to like four different people about health and wellness and all that stuff and they're talking about food and I was like oh because I got type two diabetes and he's talking all about that and I'm like man mm-hmm. everything you're talking about the milk this that the food I'm like that's mm-hmm. all why I've got this going on so yeah <laughs> it's a huge awareness as well just like what boards you're riding but I know I don't know if people realize that you know the bases a lot of the base material that people that we're using for our snowboards right now or not we are but we are using when we ride our snowboards a lot of the companies are doing die cuts because it, and they're flopping the base colors right so you you know i know jones has that because i've got a hovercraft split and you can get it in black white whatever because they just literally cut everything out and they swap them so there's no wasted material 
It's very minimal. That's awesome. It's great. Yeah. And that's great to totally. see. Totally. Center bases are the way to go, though. I just got to say, like, extruded's cool, but they got nicer, cooler graphics. But I'm going to go fast now and I want something durable. <laughs> so when you hit rocks, it doesn't just fucking rip apart, right? <laughs> I mean, the technology is progressing pretty quickly. So yeah. it'd be interesting to see what, what they come up with in, like, you know, another five, 10 years. Well, everything speeds up. Like, everything is yeah. speeding up. Like, technology is going you know just think about where we were in 2000 and we thought we were like the mecca um, <laughs> and now it's like it's insane but that's how you know the boards are great everything's the, the progression the technology and everything's becoming more sustainable like there's a couple manufacturers there that we're looking to talk with really soon here that literally everything is sustainable it's been they recycle everything for their snowboards it's so nice and a lot of brands are starting to do that too like um the North Face just started this new, not a campaign, but like a whole part of the business where they refurbish old, um, say like damaged goods or yeah. like re upcycle and like create new, like not one off, but like maybe 10 off or five of them that are a different jacket sewn with like a patch with a different material. And like, because I think there's like, people don't know how much of that stuff gets thrown away. Oh Yeah. Um, material wise when they have to order. So it's so cool. Like seeing brands like North face do that and, um, Patagonia's worn wear and, um, yeah. Well, Patagonia, I like the, what they did where you could, uh, turn in your old gear and yeah. then they refurb it and then sell it yeah. again. Like yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. So that's what the North face is doing now too, which is, um, which is really cool. Cause I usually just sell my stuff on, you know, Facebook marketplace for cheap. You know what's crazy? So I have this Burton. I gave away this. I gave away. I gave the Salvation Army this orange, not orange, green, lime green, uh, Burton zip up hoodie that's got uh, you know thermal whatever. And I'm like put it in a bag and dropped it off. Like I'm done. I'm not going to sell it. So then I'm like driving around Grand Prairie and I see this like you know homeless lady and she's wearing it and I was like. Dude, yeah. the perfect person could have not like that's like the perfect coat for that person. Like you want to be awesome. You know, yeah, it's not a big down, but it's like it's got the little you know, uh, it's a little bit wind um, waterproof and it's got a fleece inside and soup. It cuts the wind and I was so like, so it's a bonded like a yeah. bonded hoodie. I'm like, yeah. that's there's no one else in town that has that. I know that for yeah. a fact. <laughs> I didn't even buy that here, and I was like with my ex-wife or girlfriend or whatever the heck my baby mama um <laughs> we still hang out so that was all good but yeah i was like look that's my coach she's like no shit <laughs> so <laughs> that made me feel good like it wasn't just throwing in the garbage or throwing away right someone's reusing it and that's what this was and i agree like things need to be um recycled reused to reduce crap in our landfills and it really feels like brands are starting to like make stuff now that just lasts longer that's the key know? that's the key right there <laughs> it is i think if you can re if, if movie like rad is like, I know how skins you can re glue, get the glue put back mm -hmm. in them. I think the jackets need to uh, have a, a new way to get the, um, the Gore-Tex back. Mm. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. The spray's cool, but does it really work? Like I've tried it. Like it's, I don't know. I think there's a, maybe a dipping formula they need to figure out that they can send it well, back. The spray doesn't, re it doesn't rejuvenate the Gore-Tex. It just, it, it helps just with the water repellency of the shell material. It cleans it out. Yeah, the Gore-Tex is the layer gotcha. underneath. Yeah. yeah. Science. Right? Mm -hmm. I'm, just mm -hmm. a, I'm just a dude that has, overthinks the shit out of things. Yeah, so. you do. <laughs> well, it's, 
overthinking leads to questioning, which I heard is intelligence. So as long as it's not, as long as it's not ruminating. Ruminating means you're just yes. sort of thinking about stupid <laughs> shit. No, no, I think yeah. deeply it's about not moving anywhere. <laughs> no, I, I really, de- I think deeply on things, and I like try to break it down to a really simplicity, a simple, simple factor. Um, mm-hmm. So, who is our RPM training? What's that all about? Is that in Whistler? Um, you know what? They're out of California. That's um, a brand new sponsor that I'm super excited about. They broke onto the scene. Um, they originally and, and still are um, really into the CrossFit world. And I believe, if I have the story correct here, um, were trainers. Mm-hmm. And they saw a gap in the market. Um, have, have you guys ever done CrossFit? Yeah, I have I've a con- tried it. Can, can, yeah. can, I, can I say my two cents about CrossFit? <laughs> I have a funny story. I was in Vancouver that, the year of, uh, that I went to Whistler with my son, and I was uh-huh. there with, partying with a buddy, and there was this really beautiful woman across the street. So I, being drunk, my nickname was Jeff, not Chad. So I walked over there. Hey, my name it's is Jeff. It's your alter ego. Yeah. I, oh, yeah. My, my name is Jeff. I'm like, why are you so beautiful? Why are you in great shape? She goes, oh, I'm in CrossFit. I'm like, oh, I walked away. Because anybody who talks, who's in CrossFit, all you do is talk about CrossFit. So I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, "What?" I'm like, "Peace out." And I told my buddy, "Hey, she likes she's all about crafty." He's like, "Ah, just leave her." It was, oh, it was, no. it was funny. I was drunk. Don't 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 like don't pick that serious. Anybody? I was just I was being funny. Yeah, my ultra ego was Jeff at the time. You're gonna get your haters now. Nah, fuck whatever. Uh, whatever. You can't make everybody happy. No, you gotta be funny. Yeah, it <laughs> was, you it, it was ridiculous though. I was like so ballsy back when I was really drunk. <laughs> Most people are. <laughs> oh, but it was great. I didn't care. Um, okay, so these guys are based out of the... Well, you know, there's a lot to oh. be said about CrossFit training. Like, it really is good for the core, and that's what we need for what we do right now. Like, all this... Totally. Track. And um, I signed with them... Well, sorry, uh, to finish the story, they um, they were in the CrossFit world, trainers, super involved, and they were noticing that the skipping rope, some people are doing like those um, the double-unders where you like you get the skipping rope underneath you twice. Mm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Versus like the single pop. Okay. Yeah. Um, that it was hard for people to like be able to maximize and like hit their potential based on like the length of the rope. So they started making these ropes that you actually, when you get them, you size them and, and cut the, the metal cord so that it fits you. Oh, <laughs> you can actually adjust it. yeah to your yeah you got it to your height um so they came on the scene with that and that's how everything kind of started to get going um and then they're also doing i believe uh these new like at-home gym setups that you can do which like no better time than now Yeah. (laughs) yeah no doubt yeah yeah um yeah they've been around since 2012 and yeah, they're just a really, like I said, it's really important for me to be behind companies that are really authentic and have something purposeful. And, um, us, yeah, t- us too, us too. There's no yeah. question. We've got to like the product and live the product or else, um, uh, it doesn't work. There's no organic totally. love for it. Yeah. hundred percent. And, um, this is probably a great time to mention this. Um, this January they're doing this challenge for anyone in the community. Um, anyone globally, mm-hmm. it's, 10,000 jump rope double unders in 30 days. So you don't have to do them like in a row. You just do oh, them over 30 okay. days. Yeah. Um, and then people s- submit and can give money. And then all the proceeds benefit um, their initiative called RPM Iron Compass. 
And um, it helps. It's in partnership with Steve's Club and it brings fitness and member mentorship to low and no cost structure to under, underserved and at risk youth. So nice. Oh, well, so, you know, they're giving back. So it's, I, I love that. Nice. So we'll do that. We got a pro, everybody gets a profile on, your, on our website. <clears throat> You'll have one as well with all your sponsors. We'll put that on there. We'll put a, I'll look it up. We'll get a link to that on their site so that people can go to our profile on our website, darkstars.ca. And actually, if they want to get involved in the challenge, they'll be able to just click the link and get in. And, um, oh, that's actually a funny sponsorship meet. Um, I there met them through a podcast that I did. <laughs> nice. Oh, cool. <laughs> so I'm sure you're um, opening the door for people to have um, new opportunities as well. Yeah. What you guys are doing. Well, that's all we want. And that's how I get a lot of our sponsorship is people will come on with their sponsors and we'll do some campaigning for the month, the week or now this year. Yours will be two weeks long. But and then, then they just like gleam onto us like, damn, I didn't you guys had a podcast for this. And it's it's been great. It's been lots of fun and meeting cool people and making connections and looking for long-term sustainability with our, our business here okay. <clears throat> until we go YouTube, then it's going to be on. <laughs> <laughs> we got some ideas, but anyways, till then it's not happening, but that's awesome. I love, I, I'm actually really trying to not go. I don't paternally, I don't like the gym anymore. I just can't do it. Like I'm, it's gotten old. I've been doing it since high school. Um, you can't tell anymore because I'm just this little skinny, <laughs> skinny dude now. But I used to be all buff. You know, you had me shocked for a second. Like I got the stretch marks. Like, I was big fucker before. <laughs> Look at those bad boys. Not from being fat either. Um, yeah, so I'm trying to do something at home more and all that stuff. And it's it's just the motivation. And I think that's the issue. That's why people go to the gym because it's like I got to get out of the house. It makes me go somewhere uh -huh. to get that done and go. And because um, you've committed financially. Well, that's where that uh, yeah. community part comes in, right? When you have your group, you have your people that you go and get you stoked and everybody needs that little bit of motivation, right? Like yeah. it's, it's hard to get going on your own sometimes. Totally. I um, just started working with a, a trainer that I worked with a couple of years ago and we committed to this like seven month program leading up to next winter. Yeah. And um, I mean, this is good news for not, going to like a full on gym and needing to like lift really heavy all the time. But yeah. the focus has really been on like functional training and um, just being like, really like when you think of like snowboarding and like split boarding and just like how much weight you have with you, like that's more energy to be moving around. Right. Mm -hmm. So just like, but being lean and being like fast, um, like having really good, like proprioception and flexibility and endurance because the snowboard season is really long. It's not like, we do this every once in a while, right? Like mm -hmm. when you're in it, you're in it for like five or six months straight. So must, um, the training must, must be nice living Whistler, <laughs> but just like <laughs> at our, at our level to like keep the body healthy, you know? Like, yeah. And I just feel like that training that you do at home, even if it's like body weight squats and lunges and stuff yeah. goes such a long way when you, when you do want to go split boarding, because there's nothing worse than just being like That's so me. spent. That's you me. get to the top and your legs That's are me. like That's me. noodly. And then <laughs> you can't even enjoy the ride down because you're just like. Muggles oh just tomahawk so the fucking way down. That's all I do. Like <laughs> Chad, body weight squats and lunges. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Huge, Burpees. Huge, huge. <laughs> mountain, know. mountain climbers. Dude, one, one, one morning, two weeks ago, I did 10 sit-ups. I was like, I need to do this tomorrow. And then I forgot. <laughs> but even like a like a 30 minute workout, not every day, but like so long for like oh, I know. the winter time. Oh, fuck, I gotta do it. It'll pay or even three It'll pay sets off. of 10 minutes. Yeah. You know? Everyone's got that. I know. <laughs> I know. Burpees would make me a fucking machine. I know it. I just gotta do it. Fuck. 
Anyways, I'm trying. You, I'm trying. you have all the space where that dining room table should be, buddy, and that carpet. Man, you you have an ideal spot. I know, like a little sunlight place coming in. You know, lots of. We should get you guys some skipping ropes so that you can sold. You Done. Can skip in your in your space. Sold. Sold. Yeah. Sold. I've been trying to convince my son to go running in the morning with me. And then he's like, let's get up at six. I'm like, six? Uh, (laughs) What? No, I trade at 6.30. Got to call at seven. No, that's not happening. I don't want to be winded. Um, It's funny. That's cool that he wants to run with you though. Oh, yeah. Speaking of that, we just got my son some running shoes. And, you know, we went to the store and we're looking at shoes. And he's a very frugal dude. So he's like. What about those hundred dollar shoes? And I'm like, yeah, let's look at the hundred and seventy dollar shoes. You know, they're probably better shoes. And and he's like, well, those are expensive. I'm like, they're not the most, right? There's more expensive ones there, buddy. I'm like, How old's your son? He just turned twenty one. Okay. So so we're like, let's try on these and let's try, you know. And so we tried the hundred dollar shoes on, and we tried the hundred and seventy dollar shoes. Yeah, these ones do feel better, Dad. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> it's gonna make a big difference, buddy. You know. So he went out for a run. He came back and he's like. Yeah, yeah, those are good. Those are good. <laughs> I love it. Uh, and he's like, you know, he's he's out doing it now and getting the dog out, which is awesome. So I'm like, uh, man, I would awesome. so love to join you, but I just hate running so much. <laughs> I just, it, my body hates it, and I just don't enjoy running. Skipping, skipping is so, the new running. So I was going to ask you about that. Yeah, do you, uh, obviously you do a lot of skipping. Right? Um, you know what? I'm starting to skip more. We have it. Um, it's all part of my, my training program that I have going on, but there's definitely some running in there too, but yeah, um, yeah. not, not every day. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, um, what do you, what do you like to pack? Like, what's your pack look like? What kind of pack do you, I, it obviously is going to be a different pack when you go out riding with your sled access. Well, you probably, most of it is you get your sled access to stuff and then you get off with your split and then you kind of take that little tour up to get to where you want to go. Is that kind of the concept of how you split? Totally. So sometimes it's like straight split boarding and other times it's like just snowmobiling or sometimes it's snowmobiling and then split boarding um, or hiking. Um, it totally depends on where we're going, how long we're going, um, what the conditions are. If it's going to be like one of those crazy Arctic outflows, definitely mm-hmm. going to pack and be a little bit um, more prepared for the super cold. Um, yeah, I like to ride super when I'm riding. in Whistler? Come on the Arctic outflow, which is probably just normal for you guys. Yeah, it's like still seasonally warm for us here. I know, we're such babies over oh. there. <laughs> you know, riding a minus 20 still, you're like, oh yeah, it's not so bad. Just put a mask on, you're good. Yeah. Anyway, um, sorry, I really, job. it's okay. I have this um, black diamond airbag that I really like to ride with when I'm riding um, bigger yeah. mountain stuff. Right. And then um, if I'm touring, then I usually just have like a, you know what? To be honest, I can't remember exactly which bag I'm rocking. Oh, it's the Jones bag. Okay. The Jones 35 liter. Um, that's what I was rocking this year. And Jeremy, you can just tell it's made by a snowboarder. He has everything you could possibly think of on that bag. Like just it, it, where the clips go and like the stash pockets yeah. and like the pocket inside the back. And like, yeah, it's, it's like really set up for split boarding. Um, I know. Darren's got a Jones bag too, and it opens up from the back. Right? Yeah, I've got one of the yeah. I've got one of the OG higher bags. Yeah, and it's a thirty-two, cool. and like I think one of the first bags you ever made. Yeah, um, yeah, and I agree with you hundred percent. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of 
Yeah, you could tell that it was put together, designed, and engineered by somebody who was splitboarding. You know, because totally. it is super convenient. The only thing it does miss that I wish it really had is I'd love to, and I and I I've been looking for one to add to it is just like a helmet hammock type of thing. You know, so that uh, the new one does have it. I think. yeah, and so mine doesn't yeah, have that. I think on mine it, does, but uh, yeah, yeah, I would love one of those like to add to my. That's the only thing I think my pack is missing. Yeah, I need a new pack this year too. I definitely need to. Uh... I, got some I mean, he even thought of like those clips on the back to like put your snowboard if you're going to be like yeah. hiking straight up too. Yeah. You know, it's just like oh, yeah. really, really two, well in, thought out. And which and, and that's not and that's not a new thing. Like that's that's mm -mm. decades old. Like it, so, so I'm an old man, right? So I uh, back in my in my younger days, you know, I worked for you know like an MEC down in the states, you know, and um, uh, I've got a little bit of a background in long distance hiking and backpacking and. When I worked for that company, um, I worked in that department. So dealing with the Arcteryx when Arcteryx was brand new into backpacking mm -hmm. and um, and companies like Dana Design and Gregory and stuff like that. So things like that uh, were revolutional at that time, but um, and over time they've evolved and still the same principle, but being, yeah, being able to strap your board down to your pack, being able to strap your helmet to your pack, like those are ideal additions for sure. Totally. But yeah, um, I, I mean, the Jones pack, I love the way it's set up. And I love, like like Chad was saying, you know, like it's so cool how I can access my pack by just laying it down on the snow and unzipping the back panel. So and nice. Then, oh, it's great. It's great. Everything's laid out right there. For yeah. you. <laughs> you don't have to dig to the bottom of your pack, right? And then learning to how to pack your bag is like really important, you know? Like oh, yeah. what you put in the stuff that like, you don't you don't want to need but it's down there and then the stuff you're going to need at the top so you can getting really organized it's a good uh, sport if you're like a little ocd you know yes supporting yeah. <laughs> and i am that guy when it comes to gear and stuff too like i've got a i've got a so this is going way back i've got an arcteryx backpack uh it's called the camson 50 um i got it i think in i'm gonna say like 1996 somewhere around there and that thing's still kicking today and That's awesome. A, yeah. And it's a great pack. I love it. And it's perfect size for big expeditions, right? Um, nice. You know, sort of big split boarding expeditions, like a day or two type of thing. Um, perfect size for that. And it's got uh, a feature that I don't see a lot on backpacks or haven't seen a lot over the years, which is, and it's real simple. It's just a zipper down the side. You hmm. know? And so you open mm -hmm. that up and you can access. So instead of having the back panel open up, it's just a zipper down the side so you can get into the pack. And, and, I did that myself to some other day packs that I had for a while. There, just cut a slit and sew a zipper in there, and it was great. It's such an awesome, just a little thing. It's a stupid little thing, maybe, but uh, but it goes a long way. Those little huge. things, yeah, huge, huge. <laughs> yeah, I'm not happy with the bag I have. I'm not going to say any names or companies or anything, but I definitely need to. Uh, I got two of them, and I'm not really. You know, it, it still boggles my mind. These manuf these big corporations that don't listen to their their riders and the. Are you taking input? Because you say you are, but you try the product on, you're like, this this is cumbersome. And if this is what you have to deal with, then this is shitty. Oh. <laughs> yeah, hopefully, hopefully they, they listen. <laughs> yeah, it just takes time. Well, I think because splitboarding hit the scene pretty quick. Like, you know, people have been, it's been a while, but I think it's really hit the, the scene now a lot more, a lot stronger with 
needing of technology, people actually trying and getting out more and testing and trying and testing. So that allows, you know, manufacturers to adjust and, or not adjust, but it's coming. And the boards now are amazing. Like before I remember riding my split with the bindings and I was like, Oh, I don't ever want to ride it. And now I have my, my Jones, um, I'd ride a Jones women's solution, a 152 with spark bindings. And it's like, yeah, it's so sick. It's, it's awesome. Yeah. It's great. I was going to ask you which board you're riding the solution. I've, yeah. I, I, <laughs> there's, there's not enough days or uh, there's too many snowboards for Chad. I want them all. Uh, <laughs> I already own 17 of them right now. So it's, it's the, the quiver is growing. So, <laughs> Collecting. Yeah. Four splits and yeah, it's nuts, but I definitely like this. I definitely want to give one of those a try for sure. I've always loved the Jones. I've got a hovercraft. It's 56 older one. Awesome. Yeah, it's fast. That's all I know. It's fast. You can tell when you, just anything Jones related, they listen to their riders and well, he's testing stuff too. And it's just, you know. Well, Jeremy's out riding them. Like uh-huh. Everyone's like actually using the product. So yeah, yeah. Like yeah. you were saying with Ken and the, yeah. uh, the GoPro mouthpiece, it's the same thing, right? Yeah. Well, it's, yeah, it's mm-hmm. been blowing up for him, which is great. It's a good little extra thing for Ken. He's busy doing uh, real estate and whatever else right now. So it's good. Yeah, I wish, I know he wishes he could still be doing Camp of Champions, but that's not happening. I know. It's sad. <laughs> it's so sad. Um, so what's, um, what, what are some of the things you like to carry? Like you have a um, first aid kit, what, you know, and we've talked to some people where they've, they'll alter the first aid kit amongst the group. So people will have different things so that we have things do go away, you know, sideways. Everybody's got something that can help along, you know, uh, with a rescue or an overnight stay or something like that. So what's kind of your mindset around your first aid kit and safety stuff? Yeah. Um, you know what, just depending on like where we're going and how long we're going, one of the great things about the snowmobile is being able to bring uh, extra gear in versus, um, if you're walking in. Um, but if I'm, split boarding i'll always have like a simple medical kit in there um usually everyone has one um and honestly it's not necessary but usually all of us have it in reach as well mm-hmm. um but like unique things maybe they're just unique for me but um That's i always carry <laughs> <laughs> i don't think this is very unique i think a lot of people obviously carry these as um extra ski straps but not just for when stuff breaks um if you really want to be on it when you're splitboarding, you obviously like always want to keep your skins like really clean of snow. So like when you're doing your, uh, your changeover, like really making sure that like as much as you can, there's no snow on the skin. And then if there is, I don't know if anyone shared this with you guys, but if you put your, um, this is hard to explain in words, but if you were to like prop your two, um, call them planks or skis up with their snowboard, right mm-hmm. up in the snow. Yeah. And then you put the skin around with the sticky side facing the edge and you kind of like, uh, like saw off the snow right. gently. Right. So like you just scrape the snow off and then fold them up and tuck them in your jacket. That'll just like make your day so much longer. But sometimes if you have a really long day out there and you're getting like a few runs in, sometimes it's hard for like, and obviously really cold for the, the glue to stick. Um, so I always carry extra ski straps because sometimes I'll actually like wrap them around the skin and the, the ski part, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? For mm-hmm. when you're walking. So it's not like slipping and sliding, especially if it's like a little steeper. Mm-hmm. I think you need to get, uh, some big sky skins because those guys, we have some of those and, uh, 
Whew. Glue is not an issue. Coal is not an <laughs> is issue. Is it too much? Is it too much glue? <laughs> oh my god! I had to get someone to help me that weighed like you know eighty pounds more than me to rip this thing apart. Darren and I are like tug of warning it. Partially, it's our my fault. I didn't you know condition them right, and because uh, we're actually going to be getting oh. our own skins as well with them. Um, an OEM brand, an OEM of our our logos on them and stuff coming in this uh, over the summer, end of August, August area. So that'll be fun. But yeah, those are crazy skins. Uh, I've got a set of Jones ones. I don't want to cut anybody down, but they, it's probably me. I probably didn't store them in the right place, but the glue has like the red. I've got the red ones, older ones. And uh, oh, Okay, I haven't tried those. And the, the, the dye of the red has gone through the glue. Oh. It's in, the, it's in that white base, like the base huh. material. Yeah, it, it's, and it's really gooey. My glue is gooey Gee. now, so... It's probably me because I didn't understand um, <laughs> where to store them. Um, and then right now, I was just thinking about the other day when Darren was saying you probably put them in the freezer. I'm like, uh, hmm. they're go get dig them out of the basement and get them out of there and put them somewhere cold. I've never heard that. Maybe that's a great little side trick. Just uh, summer storage. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. Um, another good thing to put in the freezer if if you have a sweater it's just for the ladies out there if you have or a man if they really nice like really nice high-end sweaters if it ever smells like anything you can't really wash those sweaters you stick it in the freezer overnight and then in the morning it won't smell like anything what yeah <laughs> little little sweater hack i, I love sweaters so <laughs> um <laughs> Is that like does it need to be like 100 wool like what kind of poly blend? it's like if you have like a cashmere or like something right? that's like a like a nicer sweater you don't really want to wash them except by like hand really gently and um if honestly if it's just like a smell thing like you walked into a house and there was like a lot of onions and garlic or you went out for dinner at like i don't know an indian restaurant food smells like curry you just stick it in the in the freezer and you can pull it out and after it it smells great or you can put it outside if it's snowing that works too so it's like dry cleaning yeah but without chemicals (laughs) oh natural Boom. Um, I just marked that as a hack. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I carry zap straps too because yes. things break and gorilla tape and um, lots of snacks. I cook for part of my living as well for um, retreats and like, yeah, like yoga retreats, wellness type endeavors and a little private cooking. And so I always like to have really nice snacks in my backpack. But um, one of my favorites is a uh, date and you pull the pit out and then you put coconut oil like uh room temperature coconut oh, oil boom yeah and then chocolate chips in it and then in, when you're out in the backcountry it's they all stay cold so they're like it's really nice like super healthy fat and sugar bomb. exactly because like i'm sure there'll be someone that won't agree with this but trail mix is actually like one of the hardest things on your body to be eating when you're out slipboarding and moving around a lot, hard to digest. Takes, yeah, you got it. It gets stuck in your stomach, and it's one of the last things to. It just takes the longest to be digested, and you don't want things like lingering in there. So, um, yeah, those little coconut treats are awesome. I love um, that idea because I I love dates. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, me too. And, I'm, uh, I'm down with those. And I'm big. I'm big on the the fats and the chocolate too. So I'm thinking like I'm even thinking peanut butter and chocolate. Yeah, too. you. Yeah. Totally peanut butter. I had um, an ultra marathoner tell me that she puts um, cooked yam in there too. Oh yeah. Um, but if you just make a huge batch and then stick them in your freezer, then you can just like grab and go. You know, like put a couple in a bag. And I always keep extras in my 
in my touring bag, especially when I'm touring. Heck yeah. yeah. I was actually yeah. thinking about that, like pre-cooking yams, uh, you know, the day before or whatever, and just having them in the mm-hmm. fridge and keeping them in a little, uh, you know. Tupperware. Tupperware yeah. and oh. just in your bag. Because I love them. And for me being what my issues, I need to keep that kind of like light starch going on. Yeah. The crazy thing is, is people don't realize that being that type 2 diabetic or diabetic, you actually need high, you need, you become, res, um, oh my God. Insulin resistant, so you need to have uh-huh. you need you need carb carbohydrates, but natural ones like watermelons yep. and fruits and vegetables, mm-hmm. uh, versus the sugars and the starch, the the the, the pastes and the pastas and all that stuff. You know, we all love the pastas, but it's not good for you. What about um the trending lentil pastas? There's all sorts of cool. Uh, I, I try. <laughs> okay. I try. I do that. I try the chickpea one, and I I try it all. I trust me. I'm Costco. I'm like, oh, cool. This is like non-pasta pasta. Done. Yeah. And you get home, you're like, <laughs> <laughs> I remember. And this is like the Chad. Uh, I'm gonna give you some more bullshit about Chad, but I uh, I went on a huge diet. I was trying to deal with some candida yeast I was having back in the early 2000s, and. Uh, I was sick, like I was super sick. So I did a huge diet, and I eat these spaghetti mm-hmm. swash, and I was, uh-huh. and it was like week three or four of no pastas, and I uh-huh. bought the spaghetti squash, put it in the oven, uh-huh. super stoked, you know, got made some like really clean pasta sauce. Yeah, I ate it, and I was like, this is not pasta, and I had like this <laughs> big. Old, but it's so good. <laughs> oh, I know now it is, but to me at that point, when you're craving that starch, yeah. and then I had a big Especially, old, cr- big old cry and yeah. just depression. <laughs> Well, especially because your like body is like cleansing, um, cleansing itself. So yeah. it's literally like the virus or the bacteria is like fighting. Yeah. So you're gonna crave it so much more. It's like give me the sugar, and yeah. you're like no, <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I was doing everything Bragg's, like Bragg's soy sauce and mm-hmm. all that stuff, and uh, yeah, it was rough. It was rough. It was yeah, good. I mean, nutrition's like huge. That's like I just feel like the you were talking earlier about um being pre- preparing ahead of time. Mm-hmm. it's like there's like the forecast stuff but there's also like physical training and like mental training and yep. how you're eating like what you're putting in your body in order oh, yeah. to be able to like yep. climb those mountains and ride down and like the as you just explained like what's going on in your gut affects your emotions <laughs> affects like Everything. how you're thinking yep. it's like the gut brain it is connection it is. so well i if know you want to make Go ahead. I know if I go, like even just riding, we go riding Powder King, whether it's a, we do a tour there or we just snowboard. If I don't eat right, if I have coffee too early or I get some McDonald's sandwich going on, I've gut rot all day and I'm having the worst time of my life. Like I'll mm-hmm. fight it, but it's like, ugh, I don't want that beer. I don't want this. I just want to eat a salad and then that's not sustaining. <laughs> like ah, it's a nightmare. I think it, everything the night before is crucial. We've learned that from talking with uh, Nick Latouf. He's a, uh, he used to be a bodybuilder and all that stuff. And he had wrote a book on, you know, motivation. And he talked all about that planning. Like, you know, if your food two days ahead of time, drinking a ton uh-huh. of water two days before, not the day of mm-hmm. or the day before, well, the mm-hmm. day before, but not the day of to keep, you know, get your body fully hydrated. And he brings Big Macs out on the day of his tours as a like treat for all that high calories. And while well, he's out riding, which is kind of interesting, but. Um, yeah. I mean, I feel like one of the, uh, there's all sorts of things. Like I know that uh, mustard is like a really great thing to stop muscle cramps. So you'll like see some runners like 
eating like packages of mustard or like drinking Coca-Cola. And it's like that kind of like immediate energy is really important. Like, and you can do that, but it's not sustainable for like longevity. <laughs> no, no, no. But like, if you do need like a serious kick, like, the Coca-Cola is going to get you there, but you're mustard <laughs> for muscle cramps. Hey, like I've never heard anything like that. Yeah. I just learned that. I haven't personally tried it. Um, but I did do a little research and it seems like people are crushing mustard packages on um, super long runs. I like mustard. Um, that'll wake you me, up. Yeah. Especially a spicy one. Yeah. Oh, that'll, that, um, that's not good for the gut. <laughs> I think too, just like planning ahead for your food. Like, having those like date things in the freezer or like I like to make like a really big batch of veggie burgers and freeze them or like have soups. You can come home and just like dethaw them when you've had like a big long day. Cause you don't usually feel like cooking. And then you just kind of like mitigate any opportunity to like eat something that's really shitty for you. Yeah. You feel bad. And Well, we have, um, we have a show sponsor called Sands Meal Bar and they actually have the, the word Sands means the bar has nothing bad in mm-hmm. it. It's just pure, you know, it looks like a, you know, like a just a bar of it's put in the blender, obviously, and cooked not cooked, but just kind of stuck together with a little bit of natural stuff. Everything is it's just natural. a lot of good uh-huh. stuff, kind of like that date you said, right? Yeah. But and stuffing it with what you want. This is just all, you know, it's just a, it's a it's a real meal. food, yeah, it's real food. <laughs> you, you feel can pronounce good. everything on the five list of ingredients, yeah. And I feel good, I know, and I feel good. We get after. so far off from that, I know, crazy. <laughs> I would give crazy. you a box, usually, we give everybody a box, but you're Canadian, I can't get they don't ship to Canada right now. She's so. in Mexico, they won't ship there. Yet. <laughs> uh, unless you've like got a, a Mexican American Canadian, <laughs> unless you've got an unless your boyfriend's got an American, uh, does he have an American address? I can ship a box of uh, Sands Meal Bars to you guys. Oh, we would love to give him a go. We should, we should be home in a couple of weeks. So. Okay, cool. So let's do that. We'll send you guys a box of Sands Meal Bars. Um, and then anybody who wants to try one who's in the U.S., you go to darkstars.ca, go in the partners area, click on the Sands Meal Bar uh, partnership. Little blurb we got there. You get a free bar to try. You get 20% off when you buy them. Anything you buy supports the show <clears throat> we are getting more and more people getting because we give 10 free bars every episode so we're getting more and more of those coming in which is great it's free man we're trying to give you guys free things just please take advantage and utilize it it's this podcast is like christmas <laughs> yeah right <laughs> i know i want to be a guest i'm not done yet i got more stuff for you still so we'll what? talk more about yeah of course i do um yeah so meal bar they're they're fantastic. It, it could be the new thing for you. Maybe like, dude, these are awesome. Like, I gotta I think, say, the Sands Meal Bars are freaking good. Oh, the they peanut butter and so, jelly yeah. is oh, that's the best one. Amazing, that's the best one. So good. I stick them in my pocket, crack the bo- like I wear bibs. I put them in the front pocket, and I just nosh on. I take little chunks, stick it in my cheeks, and chew away as I'm going. That's what I do. Like. Oh, the snack pocket. Brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant yeah. innovation. <laughs> yeah, I got, I used to have, you know, those sugar-free gummies in there because they're just, you know, more like just carbs. And then, um, yeah, it's what I do. I just, the whole time. Yeah, got to keep the energy up. Yeah, mine, mine crashes. If When I crash, I crash. So I have to be careful. I have to keep it up. I start feeling the effects happening, but yeah. I think um, it gets like, uh, overlooked too is how much energy our, our brains work when we're out there too. Just like, making those decisions and looking around there's the physical aspect of it but the brain needs so much energy that you need a lot more calories when you're out there and breathe god yes breathe. the power of breathing like we all <laughs> breathe with the top halves of our our, our lungs and then we wonder mm-hmm. why we go into anxiety well shit you're going 
You're like, you're, you're panting when you don't need to be. You need to be taking full gut breaths, right? We don't do that. I actually have a, I know I'm going to nerd out right now, but I, I, my phone and my watch, Apple, have a, every half an hour it says, take three breaths. Boom, reminder pops up. Take three breaths. Take three breaths. Have you um, read the book Breath or Breathe yet by James Nestor? No, but I'm going to now. <laughs> yeah, I think you'll love it. It's really incredible. Um, he just goes through the whole science of breathing, but that it's been around for a really long time and it's a lot of um, science-based information. Um, and he talks a lot about like nasal breathing versus mouth breathing. And I, I try to do that when I am hiking um, and when I'm surfing, when I'm paddling. And they say that it increases your oxygen in your blood by about 20% by breathing through your nose I believe versus it. your mouth. I believe it. Um, like along with like boosting your immune system, um, lowering inflammation, reducing stress, relieving tension. These are like all great awesome. things when we're doing sport. And just like in general life, like it's such like a, a thing that we do unconsciously that when we bring our consciousness to it, it can be so powerful. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, like you were saying like, Oh wow. Noticing I'm breathing in my chest all the time or, um, as it relates to the mountains, like kind of being nervous to drop into something. It's like, are you holding your breath? You should right. probably exhale. Right? right. Or, and then all That's that so stuff. True. That's so true. <laughs> you're like, Oh, I'm scared. Like that doesn't help you. Right. Mm -mm. It's like, you need to like drop into your body and be present. And then you can translate that when you're when you're off the hill and you're at the grocery store talking to that very beautiful woman. <laughs> uh, she's still out there. <laughs> My partner's still out there. Just somewhere. breathe through your nose and use your belly, Chad. No, I don't want to show my belly. I want to stay show I'm thin. <laughs> oh, fuck, whatever. You just got to be yourself. Fucking dad jokes coming out of Chad now. Um, um, it helps for like altitude training too. So yeah. for people that are like getting up into the higher altitudes and there's like fewer oxygen molecules up there. If you can get in like a really great breathing um, regime, it, it can help you a lot. Like not just it's huge in surfing, the whole breath, breath holding, breath yeah. training, well, you're being held dive. underwater, right? Yeah. Or just you... like hundred percent. Yeah. Totally. So, so, but so yeah, I'm kind of curious about that because I've always noticed um, uh, that a lot of pro surfers, you know, Mainly, I guess I've seen it with surfers in Hawaii where they'll train like that. They'll go down to depth, like 15 or 20 feet and grab a rock and just run underwater with it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've never tried that, but it, it looks really fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do my own practice just at home, just sitting. Um, and there's a, an app that I really like to use called, um, sorry, it's not an app. It's a, a company that a friend started online called our breath collective and they do a daily breathe monday to friday um it's 15 minutes 6 a.m is the live and then you can just you can sign in any time of day and do it with them but they bring you through all these different breathing exercises and some of them are like um very like wim hof style and some of them are more of like a yoga pranayama but the whole concept is to like increase your lung capacity bring an awareness on like where am i breathing and like making more space to move your breath. Um, yeah, I've just found it so helpful. And it's also like the one thing I do that like helps me immediately drop into like a meditation practice. Mm, no question. Yeah. You're just like, okay, I'm here versus just sitting down and being like, yeah. it takes like 20 minutes anyways to get. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I've been started the last three months. I've been doing meditation twice a day 
and it's really helped with my blood pressure and all that stuff. Awesome. Keep me calm. I've been meditating since I was probably in grade two. My mother's been teaching me. And of course, you don't listen to your parents until it's like, oh, yeah, mom, everything you said is absolutely right. <laughs> she's like, I told you so. Oh, yeah. We have these conversations <laughs> now. And she's like, I've been telling you for years. I'm like, I know, mom. She's like, well, let's, just take, let's deal with the now. I'm not going to talk about the past. I'm like, OK, cool, because I'm I'm in that zone now with her. So. Well, that's cool that she was like introducing you that to at such a young age, even if you didn't hold on to it to just be like introduced to it. Really, oh, yeah. Well, really I, cool. use, I use it heavily when I was playing hockey, when I was playing goaltending. Mm-hmm. I would get before the game, I'd take 20 minutes and I would get myself, she taught me how to get into my own induction of meditating. And and then I would just be like, I could just see the pucks coming at me and I'm moving, flowing and uh-huh. stopping. And, you know, the brain doesn't know the difference between simulation and real things. So I'd go to, I'd go to the exactly. game and I'd be go to the game ready to go. Like I'm ready to go. Mm-hmm. Fucking brain's ready. Yeah, I wish we would have kept that practice going for a lot longer, but it's okay. <laughs> it sounds like you're getting back into it, though. Yeah, well, I've had to get rid of some <laughs> demons out of my life, and that's what's going on. So, past, past is moving on, and you know, I've had to way be, to go. I've actually brought my son to, <clears throat> at 12 years old to some pretty crazy awarenesses already, and I'm like, I'm like, after I talked to him, I'm like, are you okay? Did I just tell you that's too heavy for you? Because I just dropped some heavy fucking bombs on you. Um, but I think it's good. And he's like, that's all good. Yeah, for now. But I think he's internalizing going, holy shit, my dad's going through some hell. Um, and that's okay. It's good. Things my dad never did with me. And I wanted to be an open communication with my son. That's how everything should oh, be. Com- right? Communication. So we could it's just safety. all communicate a little more clearly. Yeah. Yeah, he feels how, safe. He feels how different safe. the world would be. <laughs> and it's no different than backcountry. Like when people are scared mm-hmm. to, to mention, like you talked about earlier, having good, people you know to ride with that are, you communicate with. You're not afraid to say, hey, dude, I don't think this is fucking right. Like we need to go that way or we need to make that turn here. Um, you know, I'm hearing things happening or I'm not feeling good. And something goes, oh, whatever. No, it's like, okay, yeah, let's assess this situation. Everybody's got a voice and no egos. So important. No egos. In the yeah. And there's, there's no space for the ego in the backcountry at all. <laughs> well, we heard something crazy that when there's actually a dynamic of a woman, you know, the, uh-huh. the 70% chance of not getting into an avalanche because of higher, because of a woman's awareness. But then when you bring two women into the, into the, into the group or a new woman or somebody comes in, another woman comes into the group, if they meet up with other people, all the men change, like all the, it just becomes weird. <laughs> like egos kind of step up and it's like this dominating thing. yeah it's welcome to the culture of a human being right it is yeah <laughs> i haven't heard the two woman part i have heard the one woman part i think even just like maybe just having if there's men too that have like um i think we all have possess like a masculine and a feminine 100%, energy 100 percent. and if, if there's like um I look at some of my friends that have a very good, they're very tuned and comfortable with their feminine aspect. The way that they look at the mountains is very different. Mm -hmm. The perspective of things is a little bit different. Mm -hmm. Um, Not to say it's like one's better than the other. They just like, they both have their place. Um, I haven't, but I haven't heard that one about the two women. (laughs) Yeah. The two women becomes like an ego thing. Like the men are trying to not mate, but you know what I mean? Like trying to up to show that they're the better male. Um, just totally animalistic. Right. That's what I was just going to say. Like, it's like the, uh, back to the animal kingdom where I'm like, I am best mate, best primate, right? Um, but not verbally saying it, but showing it in their activities. So, whatever, man. I don't know. Who knows? Like, who who, knows? no one knows. No, it's just theories. But that was Don Schwartz. If anybody hasn't listened to that episode, definitely go live the Don Schwartz. Oh, he's a legend. Taste yeah. of Snow um, mm. episode of ours. Yeah. 
definitely good. That's cool. <clears throat> I actually should have probably, to give that a listen. I should probably re-listen to it actually myself. Um, actually, somebody asked me. I was talking with Mike Wiggly yesterday. Was was one of our past guests, and he's like, "Do you actually listen to your show?" I'm like, "Oh yeah." Like I listen to every episode. I pill hooks out. I'm listening. I you know, and then I go back sometimes. Not that I'm obsessed about ours, but I do listen to re-listen and learn. And yeah, it's good. We I've learned yeah. tons. Like we've been, you know, it's funny you said back at the beginning. You're like, um, how your friends are like, oh, if you don't have your avalanche one, you're not coming to the backcountry with us. Well, that's what happened here. I know you didn't listen to any episodes yet because of your Wi-Fi and timing, but you didn't just just learned about who we are a couple months ago. But that's how this happened. Darren and I, COVID hit March. It got dumped snow in town here and dumped in the mountains. I'm like, hey, let's, we got our slipboards. Let's go. The resorts are all closed. And Darren's like, well, you have your avalanche wand. You have a beacon shovel probe, you know, and experience. And I was like, I got a shovel and a gear. And he's like, then I'm not going with you. And I wasn't like, oh, you fucking pussy. Let's go. I was like, oh, yeah, dude, let's make a podcast. And he was like, huh? We don't know anything. I'm like, that's the whole idea. Let's learn from the best. And, and and share that with the world. That's what we've been doing. So that's where the premise Brilliant. Is. It, it wasn't like, hey, Splitboarding doesn't have a, a podcast. Let's find that niche market. Let's market and let's dig in. <laughs> None of that was going on. It was just like a total, sel- total selfishness of like, dude, let's get learned from the best, talk to the best, keep stoked and, uh, you know, see what happens. And that's, here we are. Year, in the flow. A year later. A year later. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the blessings of um, the changing of times, <laughs> yeah, embracing, embracing that new shift. And I think it's great that everybody's like, you're talking about the skipping and all that stuff. And like even Peloton having those, uh, you know, online utilizing the online to have community because people need to be in the community. Yeah. That's to, really great what they're doing to motivate. Yeah. Except for the bikes, you know, the machines, $5,000. <clears> oh, I didn't know. I didn't know. <laughs> three to five. I don't live anywhere dollars. long enough to really? like Are they that own expensive? one. So. Yeah, dude, three to five grand for a fucking Peloton. Holy schmoly. And there's a, your well, next sponsor. <laughs> well, actually, I've been talks with Carol. Carol Carol Bikes is out of Europe, and they did a huge. I watched them on the uh, Luke Story podcast. He's a biohacker, and he talks. They, they he got them on the show. Oh yeah, he's cool. Yeah, he's my. He doesn't know he's my mentor, but I actually mentor looking at all of his stuff, and I'm like, okay, we need to do that. Awesome. That, that. I've been listening forever. He's a little woo woo right now, a little bit too much on the EMF, so I've kind of left him alone. I'm like, dude, we can't fight that that much. But, anyways, point is, I'm talking to I'm talking to Carol Bikes right now, and their whole premise is that they live off of their whole premise of the bike is off of fight, flight, or freeze. So they'd say mm-hmm. three minutes a day, three days a week, you will bring your VO2 max, you will quadruple your VO2 max, which is oxygen in your bloodstream, in like three months. It's huh. it's fucking crazy, and they're literally interesting. Like, yeah, the bikes again are three thousand dollars, but the unit are, and I'm like, okay, well, we need to get a spot. Like, I, I was gonna have them on the show, and the lady from Europe pulled out. She wants me to talk to somebody here in North America, and I'm like, but we're worldwide. Like, let's just do this. Because um, <laughs> I want one myself. Like, you know, I don't think we get one for free, but I definitely want one because I think that's really important for me to to get my up with that, and I think that's a great way. Because they said by doing all that. That fight, flight, or freeze brings your love, brings your your sugar levels down because your bring your body gets to utilize it. And they say people that are diabetic, they've actually noticed a huge difference without off the medication, like type two, off your medication, just biking three days a week for three minutes. And uh, yeah, I'm no um, I'm no doctor, but I have been reading that breath work has been shown to have a very positive impact as well on um, oh, yeah. diabetes. Oh yeah, well that's. My meditation, you do lots of, the one I do a visualization, visualization every morning of things I want in my life. And it's like, they make, 
you breathe once, big breath, let out, and then your next three breaths, are you hold them for four, five seconds. And that's really tough with the atrophy happening in my toes, but it's getting better. I'm able to squeeze my toes without hitting any cramps. So it's it's working and all the big that's breaths. That's awesome. Are, yeah, it's it's a, you know, you're not going to change things overnight. It took me years to catch this, to have, to destroy my pancreas. So it's going to take a while to fix things, right? You got to be patient. Yeah, it's true. It's like patience with the healing. And like you said, it sounds like you have like a really good relationship with it. So, well, I learned my body. I know that it doesn't like salt and all that stuff. So all of ours don't. <laughs> well, you do need it, but small not, amounts. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to get hyponitremic when you don't have salt you need it for like your muscles to fire like there's really lots of positive you need salt but just not in the excess that we um seem to eat it yeah well let's get into a little bit of a story but let's get into a splitboarding story you have of of either a great day bad day or avalanche awareness with you know something uh give us a good story you got of the backcountry with splitboarding what do you got Great splitboarding story. I think the most splitboarding I've ever done um, was when I went to Japan a few years ago. And anyone who's into splitboarding, like they got it, they got to check it out. Um, obviously, it's like one of the pal meccas of the world. And right. when I got there, I was like, "You hear about how much it snows?" But I feel like everyone always like paints the picture differently than maybe what it was. But no joke, it snowed like at least a foot every day, like. A two feet overnight it was insane and it was super cold and we didn't see the sun until like the last day of our 10 days there so it stayed like really light and really incredible and the snow stability was amazing um yeah we were just like splitting around going to these different zones like we splitboarded to an onsen um just through like the magical like birch and oak trees of of japan and um yeah the trip was going really well um, had a really, really awesome crew. And um, I think it was like our third to last day. We were filming on this one this one little zone. There were these pillows and kind of just taking turns. There was four of us. We were like patting down features. And um, I was hiking back up and one of the girls was skiing. And she did an air and she came down really hard. And then, you know, when you like land too heavy, you kind of somersault sometimes. Mm-hmm. She landed heavy, somersaulted, and then she just like was like screaming. And I was like, oh no, like this is obviously this isn't good. Um, she's had a lot of knee injuries, and I was like, oh, she landed like really deep. Maybe it's her knee. And I was like, maybe I don't know, 20 feet from her hiking up. And she looked over at me, and she was just like blood everywhere. Oh. Like, oh God. And I was like, so I started going like hiking to her really fast, but the snow was like so crazy deep. Um, and I got to her and she's like, is my eyeball in? (laughs) I was like, Oh "Oh my God. (laughs) And I like looked at her and kept my cool. And I was like, no, no, your eyeballs in. But like she gashed like the tip of her ski. So like, um, her pins, I don't know if maybe there was some snow stuck in when she made the adjustments. I don't really understand how it works with skis of like your heel lifting and you know what I mean? There's like a different adjustment than what we have. Mm -hmm. Ours is more foolproof because we slide them on. But um, something happened um, and it, her heels weren't in. So like when she flipped, the tip of her ski came and like hit right underneath her um, oh. her eyebrow. So it felt for her like if you've ever had trauma to your head or just even like bumped your nose, it always feels like your nose is kind of like on the other side of your face. Right. Um, 
so she was freaking out and it was like I said like really cold um and we were able to like utilize everything that we we brought you never want to but it it's nice when you do how you prepared right um had the medical supplies like get her bandaged up enough um able to like keep her cool because she was obviously like super um nervous of what the outcome was going to be because it just swole shut right away so she her head her mind went to like worst case scenario um and then i was really impressed by like how the crew worked together like built a toboggan we gave her the option i'm like do you want to walk out it's like a really long walk um or we can like build a toboggan and like pull you so we like built a toboggan had like an extra piece of cord and the safety um bag like rope-esque type stuff and then we're able to like get her out and down and um (laughs) this is something that i feel like everyone needs to know um this is something i learned when this all happened was we got her to the car and our our gas was pretty low and we're like looking at the map of like which way we needed to go to get to the closest hospital and it was like if we go that way we might run out of gas oh (laughs) no yeah you know so like Mm. when you go on an adventure it's like something to be like oh yeah sure like we'll still have like on the way home sometimes it's good to just like i know have a full tank of gas just in case something like that happens luckily we like just made it to the uh, gas station like on on fumes um filled it up and then um yeah (laughs) it was crazy went to the hospitals and um yeah they were really really amazing in japan um no one spoke english but they had these ipads and they had a translator so it was like a facetime translator for everything that happened it was like so brilliant um and her eye was totally fine she like is total badass and has this like scar (laughs) she's really beautiful too she's like got this like a little scar well not it's a pretty big one but it's like you can't really see it um she was all good um but yeah (laughs) that was like i feel like sometimes the most traumatic experiences (laughs) stick in your memory the most but everything leading up to that was like the most magical like split trip i've ever been on like japan just has like endless slack country and um it's definitely like i think you need to be very respectful in uh of like which areas you can dip out of bounds and which ones you can't it's always nice to like hire a local guide there too to um, support them and help them bring you around to all the goods but man that place is like it's something else (laughs) Uh, we spoke with um chandler kane of stealth backcountry who's got a spot in uh, japan yeah and he's like, you guys got to come out. And we're like, oh, yeah. There's no question. Yeah. As soon as the world comes back to whatever the new norm is going to be. Uh, we did a trip with him last February. Oh, nice. And he's like, yeah, he, he like runs an incredible operation. They just opened a new lodge. Yep. Um, he himself is like just an awesome human being. And like, it's just, you've spoken with him. Just yep. so passionate. Like oh, yeah. that. Stealth backcountry is like a really cool experience if if people want to go and, and wow. he knows all the secret spots and like his guys are just like super rad and yeah um well I appreciate he's that got you, it dialed I appreciate Did, that you talked that you've been there and that you've talking good about it that's really good because we were stoked on him and, and the whole situation that we have the ability to go out there and ride and he actually oh, yeah a, he actually had a heart attack um three what? Days, yeah he had a heart attack three days before our uh recording he had blood clots oh. in his lungs and uh into his heart from covid the year before 
No blood thi- way. Blood thinners weren't were, He ran out of blood thinners. He had to get on a high speed train to rip to a hospital. It's all in the episode. You need to go listen. Um, yeah, Chad. Oh no. Yeah, Chandler was. He's a, okay though. Yeah, he's Chan, good. Yeah. Well, the, what they told him, he had surgery, surgery, and all that. And they said the only reason why you're alive is because whatever you're doing, athletically, just keep doing it because it's keeping you alive. So three days, four days later, he's out snowboarding again. Like that's what's keeping him alive. So yeah. Yeah, he rips too. Yeah, and literally it happened like it was the same situation. We were going to have an episode podcast. He vanished on us. Everything was set up, and then he re emerges, and he's like, "Dude, I just had a heart." I'm like, "What the fuck? Are you okay? Like, we can postpone this." He's like, "No, no, no, we're doing it." I'm like, "Okay." <clears throat> There's been some crazy magic with the show already, and it's just a year in its infancy. Like, this has been pretty cool. Everybody's um, community's tight, and everybody's kind of knowing each other, and uh, yeah. We're stoked to promote Fred. him and get him rocking and rolling. He bought this lodge during COVID and let's, mm-hmm. you know, support somebody who's trying to be better in the trying to help the the community and get access to awesome places to ride. Heck yeah. Cool. Well, that's awesome that you know him <laughs> and you, you had that experience. It's like yeah. it seems like we've had a lot of things crossing paths with each other. It's kind of cool. That's uh that's awesome. It's a small world, isn't it? It really is. It truly is. That's why you got to be nice to everybody because you don't know who does, who knows who and it's not worth it. Yeah. Yeah. And you never know their story and what they're going through in the no, day. No, so. that's just it. And that's what I've learned as well. It's like what I've learned is people don't do things to you. They do them for themselves. Mm-hmm. So don't think things, don't take things personally. I always take them with the podcast. I take things professionally. So if someone yeah. blows me off or doesn't call, I'm like, whatever. They're not saying no to me. They're saying no to the podcast. So cool. Right on. Like, it's all good. Totally. Mm-hmm. It's been great. What, um, have you done any filming in the last couple of years or what's going on for film wise for you? Cause I know you're, you, are you involved with the girls at, um, with Leanne and the moon? I don't know. The, oh, the full moon. Full moon. Yeah. <laughs> I, I gotta say, not, I gotta say something before we go here. Why are why are all why are women showing like pictures of their butts and nakedness on the internet? I don't get it. Is that happening? Oh my god! <laughs> I'm totally out of the loop. Mountain biking, <laughs> skiing, snowboarding. I'm like, dude, why am I seeing a full moon again? Maybe, like, come on! Like, it's, maybe are you it's really like, complaining about it? Yeah, because if I did like, it, they'd be like, "You're a pig," and I'm like, "No, I got a little skinny. I got a Mr. Burns like, bum." Nobody wants to see uh, your butt, Chad. Mr. Burns. <laughs> Maybe it's like um, uh, self-confident, I love my body, and I can kind of portray it however I want good, to. Good spin. I, I like it. I agree. Good spin. You know? Do you so, know what I mean? Yeah, Versus yeah. like, I'm just making it's not a like a sexual connotation. No, it's, it's not like a, No, no, I get it. I, I, listen to me. I haven't even seen these photos. <laughs> it's not sexual in any way. There's no, it's not sexual in any way. It's not there. It's both, but yeah. I just find it funny. So yeah, what do you got anything going on with the, and I'm not saying they're doing that. Don't put that out there. Don't say that I think that they're doing that. I just, I've been seeing <laughs> random people. I'm like, what's going on? Well, full um, moon can mean lots of things. Absolutely. So absolutely. It's a totally up for interpretation of whatever you decide. So yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> so, um, I am not a part of their, um, what would you say? Like the, the inception of full moon. Okay. Um, I, like I'm friends with, I'm friends with the girls for sure. Yeah. But, um, this year I actually worked on a film. Um, it should be released this fall. We're going to submit it to a bunch of film festivals. Uh, and it's called resilience mm. and, um, not to go like dark and somber because it's like got a positive outlook to it. 
Um, but the project is, was kind of like begun because we have all lost friends in the mountains and okay. it's like something that needs to be talked about, you yep. know? Yep. And, um, and it was like a passion project done by the filmmaker as a, in a sense, like an expression of like healing, you know, it's like helping him heal. It's helping all of us heal to like sit down and share and like feel into like what happens when you lose someone in the mountains. And then all the questions that come up after, like what is it that keeps us moving in the mountains? Like why not just give up? Right. Yeah. Um, when tragedy does strike and like, why is it worth it? Because we are taking risks, not unconscious risks, but like it's a being out there's, crazy things can happen. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can get in a car accident too. Um, yes. Right. Or coconut in Mexico could fall off the tree, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> what a way to go. <laughs> Fuck. What a way to go. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be quite the obituary. There better um, be a Corona in my hand. <laughs> a smiler with a Corona in your hand. That's right. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, he put together this film and I'm really looking forward to seeing what he's created, but got to film I'm still honestly pinching myself that I've had the opportunity to continue to ride with the crew that I do like everyone's so wise and like they're such badasses and just incredible human beings and it's like one thing to be out there with solid people with knowledge to like make just good decisions to like ride sick stuff safely but like you spend a lot of time out there together and you're not always doing that stuff. So like to be surrounded by like really great people and like makes and breaks all those like ups and downs and sled stucks and long hikes. And, mm -hmm. um, yeah. So that's going to be coming out this fall. Um, I'll share with you guys when we, when we are going to be um, making that a little bit more public and when the trailer comes out. Yep. For sure. Um, so that's really exciting. Um, I think I might have a, a couple moments in the King Snow movie that's coming out. And, um, the North face is, um, the women have created something and there might be a couple clips in there, but the most of my focus had um, gone to the resilience movie. Nice. And, um, nice. yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Really looking, looking forward to that. And, um, yeah, Leanne and I got out a couple of days. We got a, like a really fun, fun day out, a couple of days out there this year too. So nice. that they, was awesome. They just built a cabin her and her husband boyfriend i'm not sure the situation i haven't talked to her about that but oh yeah i won't um i won't i won't tell her story for her but yeah no, they've no. got lots of really really rad stuff going on they're, yeah they're also like just such an amazing couple and um she's so passionate about snowboarding and so is he and it's super inspiring to get out with them they're always having a good time and yeah i mean she's like one of the pioneers for like for women so yeah yeah, yeah. agreed and they're and they got a really cool dog too. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All dogs are cool. Nice. Yeah. Oh, they, the dog mirrors your owner. If the owner's cool, the dog will be cool. If the owner's an idiot, yeah. the dog's going to be an idiot. The dog's still cool. It's trying. I learned doing what it's told. Uh, the hard way I learned a, a relationship red flag is if they don't like dogs. Uh, right. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, this has been fantastic. I've enjoyed this. We'll definitely have to. Uh, retouch in the future maybe with uh get your partner on as well and we're trying i think we might do a partner series when we actually can do live in-person stuff because that's a little more dynamic than just over the can phone we do it in mexico with them 
Yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. come on down, guys. Well, we'll, we'll do the DCP family one. You know. Could use a surfing lesson. <laughs> we'll tour. We'll tour. That's the whole idea of this thing. <laughs> That's the whole idea of splitboarding. Um, cool. Yeah. So we really appreciate your time today. It was great and uh, it was awesome talk. We had, I had lots of laughs and got to self-deprecate a little bit, which is fun. Um, <laughs> talk about some stupid shit Chad does. Um, whatever. The power of vulnerability. Oh, I throw it out there. I don't really care. Um, but yeah, so let's uh, you know give us some shout outs to people you, you uh, stoked about, products you're stoked about, and um, yeah, we'll wrap this up. Cool. Um, well, I'm obviously super grateful to be supported by the North Face. Totally dream come true. Um, RPM Trading, Jones Snowboards, um, Protect Our Winters and Parlay for the Oceans that are really taking care of getting the word out to take care of the places that we love so much. Um, and yeah, if anybody wants more information, I have a personal website, www.createtravelinspire.com. And I'm also a co-founder of a group called The Draw Out. And we do retreats that offer unique experiences to help people connect with themselves through connecting with nature. So surfing, hiking, snowboarding. And then um, we introduce like meditation, yoga, community, mm. and nice. healthy food. And um, that's www.drawout.com. Nice. I forgot to give you one more thing. I know it's late. What's that? <laughs> some wax. We're gonna get you some Coosport wax, all temp, three different temperatures: cold, wind, cold, and wind, uh, warm, and cold. Ugh, spring, warm. <laughs> I've had too much coffee. All I'm, the temps. I'm fucking coffeeed out. Um, Everything so yeah. from from spring to cold for fall to spring. Yeah, and again, it's all on our website. Anybody wants to get some Coosport wax, it supports the show. There you go. So yeah, you'll get some wax as well sent out to you. Thanks for the immense uh, generosity and thanks so much for having me on the on the call. I really, really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, and, um, love what you guys are doing. You're really passionate about it, and you can you can feel that. It's amazing. Well, we well thanks for that. that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we'd rather give you the greens, the, the backs, the backs, the uh, what's it called, the um, apre bag of goodies during the show. So instead of giving you this, <laughs> you know, no one knows about it. We're gonna tell everybody about it. So <laughs> give you the goodies. Yeah. Well, thanks, guys. Well, we appreciate your time. It was awesome chatting with you and uh, connecting. Me too. Yeah. Talk to you soon. Take Chat care. Chat soon. Bye. Bye. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. And a special thanks to Taylor for taking the time to talk with us. As always, you can learn more about Taylor in the show notes. And hey, all, if you're loving the podcast, then be sure to hit that subscribe button. Drop us a review and share it with your crew. Also, be sure to visit our website at www.darkstarts.ca and follow us on Instagram at darkstarts.podcast. Be sure to catch our next episode, but while you're waiting for that one to drop, maybe go back and have a listen to the episode Stuck in Winter with two times gold medal Olympian Seth Westcott. Chad and I want to give a special thanks to the Dark Starts team for helping to make all of this happen. Stay safe out there, all. Peace. Peace.